106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Answer something for me. What sense it make for you to go sit there and kill up the police? Do you not listen to the news? Do you not read the newspaper? You need to leave the police alone so they can protect us when them is is people come for us. Y'all, I'm nervous. I'm at the house and we way out here away from the police, man. And I'm watching the news and people are going crazy, burning things down, looting and burning and mob violence and crazy. And people send me messages saying, Chad, what you gonna do if people come to your house? What's going to happen? Are you going to call the police and have to wait 30 minutes for them to show up? I don't know. Man, I'm I'm just so tore up. My stomach's eat up and everything. I don't know what in the world we're going to do. Got lawlessness on the American streets. Chad, hopefully, hopefully the government will come to save me. Maybe. I'll tell you. These are times when you really got to start thinking about things like, where can I hide? Whenever the bad people come, get your Defend the Police shirt at WatchChad.com. I love you. God bless. And trust me when I tell you, we ain't even put a dent in the ammo pile yet. Wow. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. She led an amazing life. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. I'm actually sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. The same community in Minneapolis that spent the past three months screaming to defund and abolish the police is now complaining about a rise in crime, saying that police aren't doing enough to keep their neighborhoods safe. Now, excuse me while I react to that news. <laughs> okay, let's break this down. It does not get much more ridiculous than this. So, the city council in Minneapolis stripped one and a half million dollars in funding from the Minneapolis Police Department so they could hire violence interrupters who are supposed to defuse potentially violent situations rather than sending in police who might end up, you know, having to shoot somebody. Yeah. In June, that same city council voted unanimously to dismantle the police department entirely and replace it with a Department of Community Safety. They haven't quite gotten that far yet, but that is the plan. At the same time, the Minnesota Freedom Fund collected more than $35 million to bail black criminals out of jail, including an alleged murderer, a twice convicted rapist, a man who allegedly broke into a 71-year-old woman's home and assaulted her, a man arrested for beating and robbing a person on the street, and another man arrested for sexually assaulting an eight-year-old girl. Kamala Harris donated to that fund, in case you missed that. But now, in a shocking and not at all foreseeable turn of events, it turns out that when you accuse the police of being racist, no matter what they do, then take their funding, start dismantling their whole department and releasing all the criminals, crime goes up. According to the Minneapolis Police Department's crime data, violent crimes, including assaults, robberies, and homicides, are up 20% this year. 
As of August, there have been more homicides in 2020 than in all of 2019, and we'll still got four months left to go. In fact, when it comes to murder, the city has almost doubled its yearly average and is well on its way to hit a 20-year high. Arsons are up 55%. The only violent crime that's dropped is rape, so thank God for small mercies, I guess. And now police are pissed about it. The city council is fielding complaints from residents who say that when they call 911, no police officers are showing up. Some on the city council are now blaming the police department for letting crime run rampant. Two seconds after they took their money and voted to dismantle the department entirely. Council President Lisa Bender accused the cops of intentionally not arresting criminals when they see them. So first, the cops were wrong for arresting people, and now they're wrong for not arresting people. This is a level of idiocy that defies description, truly. It's absolutely baffling until you remember it's a bunch of leftists, so really, you told police you didn't want them anymore. You told them that they would be labeled racists and their families would be threatened if they ever question, arrest, or God forbid, shoot a black man, regardless of the circumstances. You assaulted them and screamed at them and cursed them and threw trash can lids at their heads, and then you took their funding. And now you're confused and upset because when you call about a guy running around your apartment complex with a gun, nobody shows up to help you. Really? You are that stupid. Frankly, it's a wonder anybody wakes up, puts on a police uniform, and goes to work these days at all. And God bless them for doing so. And see, herein lies the general problem with leftist demands. And if they ever get that far, policies. They're about as well thought out as putting a screen door on a submarine. So much of the platform that we hear screamed in the streets by progressives who've traded a job for a bullhorn is empty words and ridiculous demands that have no basis in reality. It's kind of like when they say we need to forgive all student loans, give everyone free health care, provide free housing, food, clothing, and internet, and make sure they never pay a dime for child care. They don't want to talk about how there's no money for all of that crap. The facts don't matter. Just keep repeating the buzzwords. They aren't capable of looking at a problem objectively, considering all the facts and the potential consequences of a policy, and then doing something realistic with that information, because that would take time and more than four brain cells. So instead, they just scream in the streets and then blame somebody else when they get exactly what they want, and it turns out it sucks. I am sorry that there are more people getting hurt now in Minneapolis. I am especially sorry for the kids and the few adults in there who I hope are smart enough to understand that a world without police is not the lollipop utopia the left makes it out to be to score votes. But I am not sorry that the effects of this radical, thoughtless, progressive policy are already playing out right before our eyes, because having to face the painful consequences of stupidity might just be the only thing that has a snowball's chance in hell of saving our cities. If only we could count on that miracle. Well, good afternoon. I'm just going to time this on my life since it's the afternoon. So you may hear some background noise since we're downtown Marysville, California, Northern California. And uh, we have an emergency room not too far from me here, emergency department, hospital. So there's a lot of sirens. And uh, the ice cream guy, do you have ice cream guy in your uh, 
their community where they drive around, they play a obnoxious little routine uh, song that goes over and over again. He just came by, so I was going to start a few minutes ago, and then I thought, oh, here comes the ice cream guy. I'm going to let him go past so you're not picking that up. So, uh, yeah, we're doing it in the middle of the day today. So I'm going to have a great night tonight. I can just read and do all kinds of stuff. My name is Lou Benninger. You're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is our, a, a, let's see, 78th episode. And uh, this would be dated September 26, 2020. Thanks for listening. <clears throat> Tanner Martis down in Texas and I have been texting back and forth trying to sort out some uh, problems uh, we're having or you're having or if you're having them, I'm having them, on our podcast. And so he's been, he thought maybe he would rearrange the articles on our website and rearrange some things there to see if there's a problem. But I'm going to look up a a text that he sent me and see if it makes any sense to you, uh, because I think you're smarter than I am on this technology thing. He says, because um, some of you said that the, you weren't able to stay subscribed, or as my friends say, prescribed, uh, stay subscribed to the podcast. And uh, Nick, the nurse down in uh, Tampa, says that she deleted and resubscribed to sort of make have it make sense for her. So Tanner said... If they will, he said, let's see, to go to, there's an Overcast app. Never heard of it, but I haven't heard of most stuff. The app is called Overcast, and he said uh, it's easier to use, in his opinion. So if, he, and the other thing he said was that um, he looked at the Apple thing, and he says the, Anyway, he just says it looks fine, but it just shows up odd when you go to click on it. It looks like it's an old uh, an old podcast, but if you click on it, it should go to the new one. Anyhow, uh, some of my friends who listen on off our website, nohostagesradio.com, they just, uh, the, the only thing there is they say it works perfectly all the time, but they just adjust their phone so your phone doesn't pause or go to sleep so it just keeps plowing on through the podcast but they've never the people are using the webcast uh the website to grab it that don't have any problems there so the podcast seems for some to have have a hitch so if you've had a hitch and you can describe it to me in an email could you send it to me at at lou L-O-U at NoHostagesRadio.com, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com, and we're trying to figure out what's going on, and we'll make some adjustments and see if we can uh, get it working easier for you. So, uh, I can't, as I told you about that, you kind of got how to get a hold of me, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. Feel free to email anytime. I will respond to all your emails, even if they're, you know, most of my emails are just nice people. They just want to uh, give me some information, which I always appreciate. But if you're gnarly, somebody cussed me out one day, but <clears throat> I'm used to it. It's okay. So, uh, I, and I respond, I just don't delete them. I respond. Uh, or you could dial me up 
I have a cell phone at 530-713-1838. You can text or call that number, 530-713-1838. If you get the answering uh, recording, it'll say trauma intervention, Lewitt trauma intervention. That's because I run another operation. It's a nonprofit I'll talk about later, uh, going out on 911 calls. So you can call me, you can text me. And we can sort things out. And uh, I appreciate your feedback. Um, so we had, as I've been uh, advertising, I've been advertising or pitching this Dinesh D'Souza uh, <clears throat> talk that occurred on the 19th at uh, in Yuba City. And again, uh, I went to it. And he's better. Actually, I love him uh, watching him speak on YouTube or wherever. But he's actually uh, really great when he's right in front of you because you just can feel him. You know, as he's he's a human being and you're in the room with him. You can feel the vibes and uh, he's better in person. So um, brilliant always, but better in person. And I'm still amazed that he traveled to rural northern california when he's got movies coming out he's got a documentary they got the first feature film infidel just hit the hit the uh theaters then there's a documentary coming out called trump card coming out the first i think think it's about the first 10 days of october somewhere in the first week or two of october that's coming out you can probably download that as soon as it's available probably be some sort of charge to download it he does a great job on whatever he does. So he spoke uh, for a few hours to over, over two hours. He spoke to a VIP group that gave uh, a, a large amount of money to Tamika Hamilton. That's the reason he came up here. She's a lady that's running against John Garamendi and Tamika Hamilton uh, is a conservative. John Garamendi, it would be considered, I can always considered him a white Obama. He, he uh, promoted his uh, the entire Obama agenda, including Obamacare and all that kind of stuff. And um, so for Dinesh to come up to speak on behalf of Tamika, I thought this is amazing. So it wasn't – I actually kept thinking, I wonder if he's really going to come. Is he really going to come? And, uh, yeah, he came, and it was it was great. So uh, he talked for about an hour to a VIP group, and then he talked for another hour and a quarter or so to a, uh, I don't know, I didn't count how many people, a few hundred people probably in that group. And uh, I wanted to talk, since I kind of have on this topic, I thought I'll just talk about that right at the first, because there's so many cool uh, memes, M-E-M-E-S, that are showing up on social media that are just some bright thinkers out there. And uh, so I always like to copy and use them uh, if I have time. And one of them discussed this, uh, this issue, which is a liberal, uh, of course, uh, people will complain about Trump, even if he had a cure to cancer and every other disease. Um, But they complain on how he hasn't straightened out the entire United States of America 
and he spent three years defending himself against an impeachment and Russian collusion and all that kind of stuff. But all the Democrats or liberals uh, in that are in office, not just your liberal individuals, a lot of liberal individuals, I think, actually like Trump. They like the fact they've gone to work. They like the fact that uh, we're bringing our troops home. They like a lot of things about them, but they're liberal. They're Democrats. But the, the leaders seem uh, convinced that they cannot get along with the opposition, even on issues that they should all agree on, like the well-being of the country, the safety of our country, etc. In fact, there's a photo of Dwight Eisenhower and John F. Kennedy standing together, and uh Dwight Eisenhower served as president for eight years prior to handing it off to John Kennedy. One was a Republican, the next one was a Democrat. And the comment under that caption was, it's too bad that we couldn't get along like they seemed to get along back in the day. So it just seems like it, no matter what happens, uh, the, the Democrat leadership in the country is going to make something negative of it and actually they don't have any hesitation in lying about it. But one of the things that stood out to me and the thing I want to talk about with John Garamendi and Tamika Hamilton is the amount of years or the number of years or are the number of years that politicians seem to be lingering in office. Some have come and gone. Trey Gowdy came and went. A uh, number of young Republicans have come and gone and they didn't really like what they were doing, didn't like the uh, situation in Washington, D.C. But some have, uh, I don't know whether they just uh, enjoy the power, control, I don't know what it is. But it's shocking. Uh, so I want to just mention, uh, for instance, I, I wrote an article, you can get it in the Territorial Dispatch, it's coming out right now, if you're outside the area here, but in Tamika Hamilton's 3rd District. Um you can get it online at territorialdispatch.com, and uh, it just has the Garamendi-Hamilton 3rd District race as the title of it. If they don't change it, they're going to print now. And I emphasize in the article, the first paragraph talks about that the founders of the United States of America, they didn't like a couple things. They spoke against a couple things that they thought would bring the country down. One was that politicians would be actually be paid because they weren't. In fact, James Madison, I can't remember which conference was, it was the Declaration of Independence or the Constitutional Con Congress uh, that he had to borrow money to get there. <laughs> I find that fascinating. Uh, but they didn't believe that elected officials should be paid. Number two, they didn't believe that they should make a career of it. In other words, they felt that people, good people, virtuous people, should prepare themselves to serve for a while and support themselves on whatever practice they were doing, whether they were a uh, mechanic, blacksmith, farmer, lawyer, whatever, teacher, a pastor. Uh, they should do their trade and serve for a while, and then just go back to serve and doing their trade. So I'm going to give you six 
liberals. There's also some conservatives that have been in there a long time, but they're not complaining so much about Trump, although many in the Republican Party hate Trump. So Dianne Feinstein, uh, who is right here from San Francisco, 60 years in government. Does that like get your attention? 60 years. Many people don't even live that long. In fact, my mother didn't live that long. 60 years, the, the taxpayer has been paying her salary. 60 years. The next longest is Patrick Leahy. And you'll probably see these people during this uh, discussion about who's going to be the next Supreme Court justice. And Patrick Leahy will be there, and so will Dianne Feinstein. Patrick Leahy, 54 years in government. The next longest is, uh, well, it lists on this list of six, is Joe Biden, 51 years. Uh, Chuck Schumer, 45 years, of course, from New York. Uh, Maxine Waters, amazingly, that woman has milked the, milked the political cow for 47 years. And she's in a horrible district. It's kind of like the district in Baltimore that Kim Klasick's running in, just totally thrashed. And, and politicians have been making money off that district and promises, promises, and haven't done jack for years. 47 years, Maxine Waters, down in, I think, the Compton area of, of L.A. And then, of course, we have Nancy Pelosi with 33 years from San Francisco. And, uh, and the interesting thing is that they all blame Trump for all the problems in America. And, uh, and Trump is turning that around on Biden and suggesting that uh, why would it be Trump's fault when these guys have had four and five and six decades to work on these projects and had control of Congress a lot? Not all the time, but quite a bit. So I was uh, in this article I wrote for the Territorial Dispatch, which is uh, actually hitting the streets tomorrow. Uh, I, I looked up and did a little research on John Garamendi, and uh, I noticed his signs around here. He's actually, I'm in his district, and his signs, you know how, in fact, they just changed my photo in the Territorial Dispatch because, I don't know, somebody said I should change the photo. So they found one on Facebook that somebody just took of me a week ago at a trauma intervention meeting. They said, oh, what do you, you know, anyway, I don't get into the details of that. It's lost cause. So they put a new one in. You know how you, you see the same photo of someone for 20 years in a newspaper column or something, and then they change it, and it's like, oh, my God, they, got, they pulled him out of the casket to take that photo. So um, anyway, John Garamendi's photo, he's a nice-looking guy. A uh, handsome guy played football and uh, wrestling at, in college. I mean, he's, you know, he, he was a uh, athlete, and but his his photo's got to be fifteen, twenty years old. But he's seventy five years of age, uh, and I call him the poster boy for what the found, founders feared. Uh, he's held elective or appointed office almost uh, constantly since nineteen seventy four or forty six years. Uh, he graduated from college. He spent a year to, year to two years in the Peace Corps, and then he ran for office, and he won. And he's been in there ever since. He's either been or he stepped out for a couple of years. Some, he turned out somewhere. He worked again for a short period of time, a year or so, again for the Peace Corps, mid, mid-career. But uh, he actually worked for uh, Bill Clinton as, as a deputy uh, 
Interior Secretary uh, for a couple of years. Um, so the interesting thing is he, he's followed the path of a lifelong politician, which our founding fathers felt two things. One, uh, being paid by the people to work uh, for as a politician and to stay there for a long, 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 long time was going to be corrupting of the individual and corrupting of the government. And we've seen just I, I don't I shouldn't have to make that argument, whether it's Republican or whether it's uh, liberal, conservative or liberal. People are sinful and our sinful tendency is is to uh, compromise and compromise our ethics, not just compromise. Well, OK, uh, you know, you will give you this money but you give us this money to do this project, but compromise in terms of ethics and begin to take benefits uh, from and payoffs from people and do things that you should not to do. And so uh, our Congress is completely corrupt with that kind of behavior. So my point in my article about Tamika Hamilton and John Garamendi is that when you, when John Garamendi came into office which I think was 1974, that was the same year that uh, California uh, Californians created a supermajority of Democrats. That, that is with two-thirds of the, of the seats are taken by Democrats or Republicans. That means that they don't need any of the opposition party to, to pass anything, including taxation issues, which needs two-thirds, or an, a constitutional amendment, which would need two-thirds. So at that time, it, it hadn't been since the 1800s that somebody had got a supermajority. It was more evenly divided. So now the Democrats, since the 1970s, the mid-70s, have always had a majority, except for just a couple of years, I think, uh, but basically have controlled the voting power in the two chambers of our uh, legislative branch in California since 1974. So my point in the article was if, if you, uh, if you want to know why California is the way it is, I mean, some people like it the way it is liberals, real liberal people probably like it. They want all electric cars. They don't want you to be able to go into the forest. Uh, they want birds, creatures to roam the forest without, without, you know, any fussing or mussing with them. And uh, there's a lot of issues. But if you, whatever you like or dislike about California, you can't say, well, the Republicans did that and then the liberals did No, the liberals did it all for the, for since 1974. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. So whether you talk about water, power, forestry management, welfare, immigration, sanctuary cities, personal and business taxes, regulations, school curriculum, homelessness, gender issues, environmental restrictions, fuel taxes, road maintenance, criminal justice, no bail, uh, pedo pedophilia, pro-pedophilia. We could go on 20 more items. That would be the decision on all those areas are liberal, Democrat. And so the out, so some people are just saying, hey, I, I, I like how it, I like the way it is. I'm good with all that. I'm a liberal. Okay. But the fact, here's, here's the, here's another, uh, Result, and that is that the thousands, thousands of businesses, and literally millions of taxpayers—not just not just people sucking off the system, but people contributing to the system—have left the Golden State. 
So we're going to take a break here. We're going to take a f- about uh, we got six segments this long. You, you you've experienced one segment if this is your first show, and we I got a few clips to play you. I'm just going to take a swig of water and get organized for the next segment, and we'll be right back. said you know we can't have a rally the most we can have is 10 people but why don't we just call it a protest because this is a protest it's a protest against stupidity and speaking about stupidity sleepy joe will turn minnesota into a refugee camp think of it 700 percent increase So you're not happy now? Look at that guy over there. He's not too thrilled when he hears this. 700% increase is what they have in the manifesto. Now, maybe they don't honor it, but I would say they'll go substantially higher than that number. Biden will overwhelm your children's schools, overcrowd their classrooms, and inundate your hospitals. Pandemic hotline, how can I help you today? Uh, Yeah, I've got a question about the PCR test used to diagnose COVID-19. Now, on the actual packaging of the test, it says this test should not be used to diagnose COVID-19. So is there any problem using it to diagnose COVID-19? No problem at all. Makes sense, but it's a little confusing. Cool, but just to clarify, if the test comes back negative, you have it. If it comes back positive, you have it. Why, why even have a test kit? Well, that way you'll know for sure you have it when you maybe have it. Have a great day. Pandemic hotline. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of an issue here. It looks like the government isn't sending me a $30,000 check for one of my patients' COVID deaths. Peculiar. What were your patient's symptoms before they died? Oh, died? Well, no, they haven't died. They're still alive. Still alive? That sounds like a COVID death to me. Let me see what's going on with this. Ah, we had a system error. Sorry about that. Your money's on its way to you now. Mm, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for death shopping with us. Bye-bye. How may I help you? Yeah, I need a little help here. Uh, I don't know what to do. Y'all are saying obesity is a high risk factor for the illness. Potentially the highest risk factor. Yeah, and then all the gyms are ordered to close down. Yeah. So how am I supposed to not be obese if I can't go to the gym? Mm, I'm not seeing the correlation here. How do you not see it? I don't think I'm seeing what you're seeing me not see here. Well, gyms help people not be obese, but I can't go to the gym. How am I not supposed to be obese? Have you tried an eating disorder? A what? Well, no, I haven't. Oh yeah, they can be very slendering and they don't violate any of our health protocols. I never did think of that. Thank you for your help. (laughs) You're welcome. You might want to think about losing some weight. You sound fat, no offense. No, I am. (laughs) Okay, thank you for calling. Don't eat too much, bye-bye. Pandemic hotline. Yeah, like, um, hi. So I'm a little confused. The guidelines all say that sunlight like kills the virus. But the guidelines also say we have to stay inside. Like, 
Am I missing something? Yeah, it's pretty anecdotal as to whether the sun actually exists or not. It is? Completely. The World Health Organization hasn't released an official position statement on the sun's existence. So until then, you'll just want to stay inside. But, like, I can see the sun out of my window right now. <laughs> just don't say that on social media. They'll censor you for not repeating what the World Health Organization says. Oh, like, that's a pretty good point. Have a good day. There is no sun. Bye-bye now. Pandemic hotline, how can I help you? Hi, um, I'm a little worried. Feels like there's some missing pieces to the puzzle that we're not really being told about. Like what? Like, you know, Bill Gates controls the World Health Organization and I don't know if he's a qualified medical authority fit to lead the charge on a global pandemic. Why would you say that about Bill Gates? Mm -hmm. The guy's a computer programmer, not a doctor. Well, that's why he's so qualified. Computer programmers have way more medical training than doctors have. Like, who do you think programs all the computers that doctors learn from? Computer programmers? That's right. Without them, you have no doctors. Bill Gates practically invented medicine. And please don't use the Lord's name in vain, or God's name. Bye-bye. Pandemic hotline. Oh, hi, yeah. Uh, so I've got a question for you. It seems like all the public health policies that are in place were put into place back when we thought the death count was gonna be in the millions, but things aren't really turning out that way. So isn't it time we like really open things back up? Hmm, that's an interesting thought. We've never considered that. But no, people are dying left, right, and center. I don't think they are. <laughs> then how do you explain all the bodies? Uh, I don't see any bodies. Well, people are dying. But people died every day before COVID. That's actually false information according to our fact checkers. The first recorded death in human history didn't occur until COVID. But my grandparents died like 15 years ago. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. I went to their funeral. Mm, no, sounds like they faked their death to get away from you. You should quit taking it so personally. It wasn't your fault. Enjoy the rest of your day, champ. How can I help you? I, I'm wondering if you can help me. I haven't been able to open my business since last March when you guys told me to close it down. I'm severely suicidal. My kids are going hungry. And my wife developed a drinking problem trying to cope with it all. Sounds like you're doing exactly what we need you to do to stay safe. Keep it up. But I need help. Oh, right. Well, if you do decide to kill yourself out of despair, could you do us a solid and on the suicide note, just indicate that it was a COVID death? Yeah, but I could really use some. All right, sport, have a great day. Hi, I'm a spokesperson for the Democratic Party, and I'm here to tell you why you need to vote blue this November. Democrats are the party of love and tolerance. We promote inclusion and acceptance, peace and goodwill. Republicans don't care about any of these things. They just want to talk about record unemployment, the economy, and keeping communities safe. Fascists. Democrats have positive, practical priorities, like abolishing the Electoral College, eliminating due process, and banning hate speech. These are the values of the American people. Well, at least Americans that live in San Francisco and New York. Republicans often use fear-mongering rhetoric, like constitution or liberty. Democrats condemn such language as divisive and instead focus on more unifying topics like repealing the Second Amendment or kneeling for the national anthem. 
Democrats are the party of equality, so much so that we insist upon unconditionally believing women and disbelieving men because, well, feminism. If you ask us to explain this logically, we will scream in your face and call you a misogynist. Republicans want to take away a woman's sacred right to choose to have her child decapitated inside the womb and torn apart limb by limb with forceps. Democrats celebrate the right to violently murder your child because we're compassionate. Democrats believe that women are powerful and independent. They are also helpless victims of the patriarchy who require government intervention to succeed. Any woman who disagrees with us on this is a self-hating, stupid bimbo. And you know, it's time someone was finally brave enough to say this. Republicans are racist. Democrats have the same positive message for minorities that we have for women. You're a victim, and you're useful to us. If you disagree, we'll insult your intelligence, but it's for your own good. Republicans want to stop certain people from coming into this country. They cite the infiltration of gang violence or opioids or sex trafficking as reasons to stop illegal immigration. But Democrats accept these as the natural consequences of opening up the borders, which, of course, is the more loving thing to do. Democrats recognize that the key to a better tomorrow is to look forward, not backward. That's why we reject capitalism and all of its greed and instead opt for socialism, which has worked so well every time it's been tried. Democrats are the party of the common people, the poor and the marginalized, the weak and defenseless. While Republicans promise freedom, we promise free stuff. That's how we win over young people. Our goal is to make the government work for you so you don't have to work at all. Republicans are always pushing religion in our faces. We reject their bigotry. Religious people are idiots. Democrats would much rather you sacrifice yourself on the altar of progressivism. The truth is, as the party of empathy, we're just better than everyone else. That's why we spend so much time telling people who don't align with our agenda that they're not just wrong, but that they're bad people. We still haven't figured out that this condescension is what lost us the 2016 election. Nevertheless, we're confident that through censorship, emotional manipulation, and continued bullying that will eventually get our way. Why? Because we care about you. So much so that we're willing to wear you down until you fear getting silenced, doxxed, or fired because you don't agree with our agenda. That's love. I'm the spokesperson for the Democratic Party. Vote for us in November. And so I was saying that if, however California you deem it to be, good, middle of the road, bad, freaky. In fact, I was, uh, I think I mentioned last week I was going into Lowe's because I couldn't, they were going to mask harass me at uh, Home Depot. So I drove across the highway to Lowe's uh, and spent my $100 over there. But when I was driving in, uh, I, I noticed this big dude, looked like a big farm kid. Uh, no mask. He was hustling up all the carts and getting them back up to the store. And I said, hey, dude, you uh, you going to mask me on the way in? Is that what you're going to do? He said, no, 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 no. He said, just go in there and uh, go in there and just get get whatever you want. You'll be fine. And uh, so he said, you from around here? He's asking me this question. You from around here? <laughs> you lived here long? I said, yeah, 100 years. And he said, oh, I'm just 18. I'm from here. But he said, I'm leaving for from Missouri. Um uh, 
But uh, it just shows uh, lots of people are on the move because they don't like the way things are here because it isn't like that elsewhere, right? If it was this way throughout the United States, it'd be different. Like in Vietnam, it's pretty much the same throughout Vietnam, communism, right? They're, they're tracking you and harassing you all over the place. In Saigon, it's looser than it is anywhere else because it's got more of an American influence down there, even though it's all communist. So uh, let me go on here and talk about Tamika Hamilton and Garamendi a little bit, because this is a huge race, because California has almost, you know, it's got a huge number of, of uh, Congress people uh, from California. I, I don't know the number offhand, but the, there's a huge number because of our big population of almost 40 million. Uh, so that re those representatives have a lot of pop back there. And uh, the fact is, we hardly have any conservatives back there. And so that's that's a problem. So to flip a couple seats, as they say, that's a common word nowadays, flip, flip a couple seats is massive. And to flip this seat in, in the third district, which is difficult because uh, when they redistrict or they redid the boundaries of the third district, they added in Yolo, Solano and parts of Sacramento County, all very liberal. So that's the bulk of, uh, not everybody, but it it leans liberal. And so to beat Garamendi will be shocking. It, it's not impossible, particularly with his, with how disgusted, like, well, here's the point I make in my article. So we got some, we, we got other counties. We got Calusa, Sutter, Yuba. Those are kind of conservative. Glenn Lake is not. Uh, Solano and Yolo are not, Sacramento are not. So uh, my point is this. Hamilton is sort of a new breed of candidate, and she's like a Kim Klasik. Kim is a little more flashy. Uh, she's back in Baltimore. In case if you want to, if you want to help somebody, I, I sent money to Kim Klasik. It's K-L-A-C-I-K, K-I-M, Kim Klasik. Uh, you can donate right with your credit card right online really fast. And uh, and I, and of course, I also donated to Tamika Hamilton. But Kim Klasik is fired up, and she's very sharp. She's sassy. She's sharp, and she's her own lady. Uh, Tamika is much more uh, laid back and not so fiery in, in that and in, in flashy, but she's a really solid person. Here's what I like about her. First of all, she's... She's a, a God-fearing woman, and that shows me something about her character. And she uh, is from grandparents who were military grandparents and were also farmers. So that fits good with me here, right? We have a military. She has two military. In the 3rd District, there are two military bases, and it's a big, big ag area uh, in California. And so— uh, Tamika went and spent over 14 years in the Air Force. Then she married her husband, Ray, who had been a Navy veteran, and he now serves as a police officer. So it connected. I connected well with her because I like law enforcement background. I like military background. I like people that understand something about ag because we live in an ag area up here in Northern California, and uh, they have four kids. So, uh, so Tamika, uh, I like the other thing I like about it is it's the first time she's run. And that, that is not a weakness for me. What you want is people that are sharp. Sometimes we end up with a person that's popular but it's not smart. 
or they're a Christian, but they're not smart, uh, or they're just an honorable person, but they're really not, they're not good at what, what they can do. I think she can do it and, and she's smart and she's uh, kind and she's, uh, I think she could be hard nosed. And I think the military helps you in those areas. So they're both involved in, uh, they're not, they don't, you know, a lot of times, oh yeah, she's their church goers, but they don't do Jack, you know, some people, they just go to meetings. There's no different catching a movie every week. If you're a real movie goer, like, oh yeah, we go to the movies every week. Well, good for you. Didn't change the community one bit, but they've worked a lot with homeless veterans because they're both veterans. And, uh, so they've done a lot of public service in the, in the community out of the Dixon area of uh, California. So uh, anyway, Dinesh D'Souza, what impressed me was uh, I have Dinesh, before he even came here, I just am fascinated listening to him because of the way his brain works. And uh, not only lib- conservatives are this way, there's some liberal people who are very bright people, and, and their brain just works better than mine does. And so to have Dinesh be willing to come up here uh, on the same week that his infidel film uh, was opening in 1724 theaters. I thought, come on, man, that, that, uh, this says something about him and her together. And he talked about uh, Dinesh D'Souza talked about Tamika Hamilton's character and her ability. And uh, said, that's what we need. We need to clean. You know something you ever like feel like, Hey, I need to clean the bathroom. Like it's like getting funky in there or clean the sink of the kitchen or like it just need you know, this place needs to be cleaned out. I feel like that way about our Congress, our House, our our Senate, at, at in our state here. I can't speak for the other states, but California, honestly, we got perverts. We we have thieves. We have people molesting people. You know, what I mean, we have grown men and women molesting each other, doing stupid stuff instead of working during the day, and. Uh, it, you know, it just it, it just is filthy. It just needs to be cleaned out. People stealing money, people taking bribes. Uh, you remember the, uh, I can't remember the Asian guy that, that represents San Francisco, and he, is, is a, he was a child psychologist, and he was a big gun control guy, right? And then they catch him selling uh, terrorism weapons, rocket launchers and stuff to terrorists. Unbelievable. Like now he's in prison, I think now. It's just the things that we just need to clean up and we need fresh horses in there. And there's something to be said, even though you lose a lot of like experience when a person has been in there 40, 50, 60 years. But at some point, you just need to hand off to people and let them learn the ropes and have fresh ideas and just like reboot the system, reboot the system. And, uh, so anyway, I don't know whether you're a third, you're listening. I know some of you are, are not only in the third district, you're not even in California. So so if you want to give to Tamika Hamilton, uh, you can at votetamika, T-A-M-I-K-A dot com, dot com. And also Kim Klasik, I don't have her website, but I think if you just Google Kim, K-I-M Klasik, K-L-A-C-I-K, uh, it will be, it will rock the world if these two women win. There's a lot of, there's a lot of other good, sharp ladies running. I'm impressed and I hope they do well. So, uh, that's sort of the, 
the Garamendi Hamilton race is sort of a, I don't know, it's a litmus test, I guess, or a, a temperature gauge of where the voters are at. Do you just going to keep put sending the same people back and whining about the results? I mean, California, if you want to blame, like I, I listed here all the things. Let me just look. Let me give you an idea of what a career politician looks like. I, I wrote, few officials except for the governors of the state of California have had the accumulated impact of Garamendi. Now, I didn't say good or bad. You can judge that. I, I know what I feel about it, but if you liked, if you think, oh, California, we're red hot, obviously you're going to vote for this guy, 75 years of age. Before he gets out, he's going to be almost 80. Um, so Garamendi has served as an assembly member a number of times, senator, state senator, lieutenant governor, insurance commissioner, U.S. House member, and deputy Secretary of the Interior. Now, I think he he also ran for governor, and I can't remember whether he he ran for another, like some state controller or tax or something. Anyway, and lost. He lost a few elections, but those are all things he served at. So when you go to look at California's really screwed up, why? Well, you have to go back to leadership, as my friend Dave Bryant at Glad Tidings always says. Everything in life rises and falls on leadership. You can look at a family. If you see a family struggling, usually it's a failure in leadership. Church, business, uh, you can just go down the line. Uh, a political district is just floundering. You can just go down the line and you can say it's a bad, it, it's poor leadership. And uh, so we have an opportunity to, to change it up and start fresh. So that's that. All right, let me get back over here to my uh, my menu of stuff to do. Okay. Oh, I was talking to you know I was uh, I was just talking to Mark Boomgarden. He's a uh, he was a fire chief. He retired as fire chief. He grew up here, uh, played played uh, athletics, went to local schools, went to Yuba College, played ball there. And uh, I don't know whether he, he finished four years or not, or whether he played ball at a higher level. But anyway, he ended up as fire chief, and I met him in 1992, and I became their chaplain. And uh, he wasn't fire chief then, he was captain, then he moved up to fire chief and eventually. And so I got to, most of his career, I got to serve as fire chief and got to know him. So anyway, uh, we needed a place for trauma intervention to meet, and I uh, went over. He he said, "Hey, you can come over." He works for a business now. It's a tractor business, and he said, "We got a big training center. We'll you can move you in here until you can move back to your other spot." Because of COVID, we had to move around. Uh, this, this, the government won't let us meet in their buildings, of course, because they're all perplexed with COVID. So we we had a great talk after we looked at the room today about. He's on the city council of the city of Yuba City. And uh, he said, Lou, we want to open up, but we, we got to have three votes. And uh, he said, the two, the two people that are willing to vote to open up the city, that means all businesses are encouraged to open, uh, no mask mandate. And where the, city, where, the, where the government actually says, this is the way we feel. Go for life. If you want to wear a condom 24 hours a day, you want to wear a mask, 
you want to wear a g-string and you're a guy you know you you make your own choices this is america but we're not going to tell you how to dress we're not going to tell you to wear a mask we're not going to take we're not going to tell you how to run your business uh your problems with Newsom or your problems with Newsom, but we will back you. We will support you, et cetera. He wants to do that. He He's a vote to do that. Mark Boomgarden. The other guy that he, he says is willing to do that is a guy named Dave Shaw. So they have three other members on that city council. And uh, so you can call the city council members. You can look them up. I'm not, I don't have time to go to a lot of detail today, but cause I got a lot to talk about. So there's members on that city council. One of them's running for office right now. He should be eliminated because he's not willing to vote to open up the city. Neither is the female on there, uh, Espindola. Neither is Sean Harris, the mayor. Now, uh, my, my friend, I told you a couple weeks ago, my friend got arrested over there, uh, and they think, oh, Lou had something to do with it, or, uh, you know, the guy was just a troublemaker. You know, people are just full of baloney. Guy, I didn't even know the guy was going to a city council meeting. And in fact, I probably would have told him, oh, don't even bother. They won't let you in. <laughs> and he just walked in. Anyway, uh, we had a great talk about what's going on in our public education system and uh, and all that kind of stuff today. Then I get ready to do the show this afternoon, and my friend... Paul calls me, uh, who provides me some resources every once in a while for the show. And he listens to all the podcasts, including his grandkids. And he said, Lou, funny thing happened to me. Because he didn't know I was going to do the podcast right now, but I was just getting ready to start. And he said, funny thing happened to me. And I said, what happened to you? He said, well, I was over at my bank, which is the school's credit union. And I went in and they said, they said, hey, uh, you, I I don't know what the first question had to do with a mask, either wear a mask or don't you have one, da, 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 or do you want us to give you one? They went through that back and forth. Yeah, no, no, I don't want to wear one. And then do you want one? And he said, I ain't going to wear no mask. And so they said, we can't serve you at our bank. Can you imagine your bank? Your money's there, right? So we cannot serve you. Unless uh, you wear a mask. He said, not going to wear a mask. He said, well, we're going to have to serve you outside. Now, this is weird. They're just going to walk outside with a teller and do a deal on the sidewalk like a drug deal. Isn't this amazing? So my bank, where I I do, they eliminated, you can't even go in the bank unless you make some kind of special meeting and they meet you online on Zoom. It's just ridiculous. Like the bank next to mine, it's, I think Chase Bank next to mine, where I go, they just walk in and they just do business. Now, maybe they have to wear a mask, but Paul wouldn't wear a mask. So they made him go outside. He said, Paul, what if you were handling like $5,000 in cash? You're going to have to count it out. Where Did they have a counter? He just said it was very awkward. It was weird. The whole thing was weird. And so he said, they, they said, oh, well, we're just trying to keep peace. Now, this is a problem where... Your public officials, your public officials do not run businesses, but what your public officials say, like right now, there's a campaign to hang these flyers on doorknobs of anybody in the two communities, Yuba Sutter counties, that says open these counties up and it gives a bunch of reasons and and it gives the supervisors names and phone numbers and emails and says, call your supervisor or email them and ask them to open these because what it does, it's an endorsement that 
you're under their covering and we're good and we can go forward. And then these corporate corporate uh, groups like these banks, like I, I do bank was a, it's a West coast corporate bank. Uh, it's a chain bank or whatever you want to call it. They would take notice and they would try to talk to their bosses. If the supervisors or the city council made a statement like we're, we're done with COVID. So no more masks. We're not backing masks. We're not backing six feet separation. We're not doing, we just leaving it up to your own judgment, just like who you want to marry. We're not, we're not getting into that discussion either. So, uh, I'm telling you, this is the time to address your city councils and put pressure on them because it's an election year. Uh, is it, is it Manny Cardoza? I think that's Manny Cardoza at Yuba city, city council. I wouldn't vote for the guy. I would not vote for someone who was refusing to open up this city. That's ridiculous. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's uh, Gary Maines is running. Uh, there's two seats. There's, uh, Actually, the mayor, uh, he's up for re-election. It's not an election. It's not a separate. In other words, you just pick five people and they choose who's mayor. So you have Sean Harris. I would not vote for Sean. He He's refusing to open the city. That's ridiculous. Uh, and Manny Cardoza. So you have two replacements, at least at least two. You have Wade. I think you have more than that. No, two. I think Wade Kirshner and you have Gary Maines. Uh I know Gary Maines is a good guy. Uh, it's his first time running for office, and uh, he's an honest, good man, hardworking man. So uh, anyway, that's just the way it plays out. And uh, it was it was a great. We had a great discussion today. So we need to make a move to it. There are communities. These communities, like I'm, I, I'm fascinated. The school system, they just won't open the schools. Who's they? I I thought the parents should just the parents that want their kids to go to a building and go to school they should just go down and say give me the damn keys they're not your that, who owns those buildings who owns those school buildings who owns city hall it the city council does not own them and just because they say you can't come in here doesn't mean jack I think we should just take people to court. Now, we had a, a, a constitutional, um, we had a uh, conference this last week on Wednesday put on by the Constitutional Law Group. And the whole thing was to educate people. It wasn't just for here. They just needed our facility to broadcast out of and record so they could put it on a website where millions and millions of people can benefit from what doctors, lawyers, uh, pastors, all kinds of people, specialists in vaccinations could tell them so we can turn around and begin to sue government over their abuse of power. By the way, there was a uh, federal judge back, was it Ohio or Iowa or one of these states? Can't remember the state. Uh, Stickman is his name, Judge Stickman. And he, he basically said all these rules to stay inside and government telling us what to do are totally unconstitutional which i felt i mean i'm not i'm not any scholar i think that it it's anti-american it's un-american so uh, we're in a second break here we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back all right here we go you're far away uh, from me my love oh 
and just there, sure, my, my baby. Well, I decided to honor these sheriffs who were shot by shaving my beard because the LAPD requires their officers to be clean shaven. In case you're wondering why I'm good old baby face right now. I want to start this video with some facts about California because I'm tired of hearing people generalize it. It's pure ignorance. I know a lot of people talk crap about California because of how many weirdos there are and the fact that it's one of the worst states to live in because of the taxes and how many liberals live there. But let me open your eyes for a second. When you think of California, what do you think of? Hollywood? The gay parade? San Francisco? Movie stars? Okay, good. That is about 1% of what California really is, but it gets 99% of the media's attention. That's why you think what you think. California ranks number one in farming in the entire United States. They account for 12% of all farm products in the United States. They bring in $16 billion more than the second state behind them. So the guy who grew up in Nebraska on a farm has been talking crap about California's whole life. They're rolling in hundreds while you're still rolling in the mud. How about California having more veterans living there than any other state at 1.8 million? How about California being the state that has the most active duty military, 20,000 more than the state behind them? You all have heard of Navy SEALs. Well, the school they go through is called BUDS, and that's in Coronado, California. I was a rodeo athlete for six years, as y'all know. California is home to 40 rodeos on the Professional Rodeo Circuit Association. What about the 73,000 police? police officers in California. That's 20,000 more police officers than the state I live in, Texas. So the next time you wanna generalize California as a crap state because of the ignorance of not wanting to research what it actually is about, think twice because if the nation is about to rumble, we're going to want them next to us. Otherwise, your generalization about California is no better than Black Lives Matter saying all white people are racist. Think about it. While we're on the topic of all of the police officers living in California, two sheriffs were shot point blank in Compton, California on Saturday, September 12th. Y'all have heard of Compton. It's been in a whole bunch of rap songs. It's home to a whole bunch of gangs. Some random guy, probably from Black Lives Matter or Antifa, walked up to a cruiser and shot these officers point blank and then ran away. These officers were literally minding their business, making sure people on the train to the left of them were safe. One of the sheriffs is a mother to a six-year-old boy. The other is a 24-year-old man who's got a loyal girlfriend and two loving parents. Both were shot in the head at point blank range. It's, it's absolutely sick. It makes me sick to my stomach. That sheriff is that six-year-old boy's mom. What do you think that kid is thinking right now? Am I gonna be able to see mommy one more time? That's not the thought process of the Black Lives Matter supporters who were blocking the emergency room, delaying these officers from getting help. One of these supporters actually said, I hope they die. Y'all gonna die one by one. I hope they 
That mindset that y'all have is exactly why America is turning into a psychological war zone, and I promise you, you're losing. Let me ask BLM a few questions here. How did you know which hospital they were transferring those cops to? Or did you just have that guy shoot those cops closest to that hospital so y'all could be staged there? I don't think, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't. And where is the response from the Black Lives Matter leaders on some of their supporters blocking the entrance of an emergency room are they on vacation or do they just not care you not caring and not saying well we aren't affiliated with them and we don't support them trying to block that hospital is you saying that it's okay you're cowards y'all have a big old fit and all these riots and whine and complain when one of your sex offenders who fights cops gets shot but then when one of your supporters shoots two police officers who are minding their own business you think the correct response is to block an emergency room when this guy came up to these police officers, they were probably sitting there having a conversation about one of their six-year-olds hitting a home run in Little League, and you just changed their lives forever because you just felt like shooting a couple of cops that day. So for those of you on the far left who are saying, oh, there needs to be huge changes to the police department, defund them, all of that. There does need to be some changes to the police department. They need bulletproof glass on their cruisers and they need bigger guns. And you can bet your side of fries at your next meal that I would be willing to pay more taxes to give it to them. So for you Black Lives Matter supporters who want to continue to poke the bear, you're turning the teddy bear into a full-grown grizzly protecting her cubs. Though you may not drive a great big Cadillac All right, thanks for listening and hanging with me here. I'm uh, drinking some of this worked-over water produced by Cal Water, some of the most expensive water in Northern California. Probably be cheaper to just buy it off the shelf. But anyway, that's probably not true, but it's still very expensive water. Uh, okay, I want to go back, and uh, I had a lady just, just before I started this she said hey are, are loose picks available and so uh I, i'm just going to mention i don't go out and try to convince people who they should vote for like you know you get these voters planks in the mail and there's these cards and it lists all these various people to vote a lot of those are scams even the ones run by parties because you don't get on there because of you're a wonderful person or the most honest loving sharpest most brilliant uh, qual most qualified, they get on there because they pay to get on there. So the reason I made lose picks years ago was because, not because I wanted to control a race, but because people used to call me and say, what do you think about Proposition 22? Or what do you think about this guy or this lady? And I didn't have the time to spend talking to all these people on these big ballots. Like the California ballot right now up in our area, Northern California, it has like 13, 14 propositions on it, plus some local propositions, and then a bunch of people to vote for. So I just put out a loose picks, and if people wanted to know what I was going to do, I'd send it to them. And then uh, I told them, don't argue with me. I'm not interested in debate or negotiations. 
if you don't like what I did, just do what you want to do. It was just simply just telling people, if you don't know what you're doing, this is what I did if you want to follow my lead otherwise. So anyway, a lady called me about loose picks, and then she said, hey, she mentioned a guy in Nevada County, which is just to the east of us. And she says, this guy wants me to do some phone calling. Do you think it does any good? Now, listen, I've been talking to you for weeks about the fact that we're basically a communist country right now. We just still have the old labels. And a lot of the politicians don't even care. You know why? Because they're all getting paid. and Communism, capitalism, they don't have any backbone about it. In fact, the reason they don't have any, all that, it all comes down to money to them. They have no principles at all. You give them some money, they'll vote for you. You give them, you give them some money, they'll, they'll vote to grow marijuana. They'll, they'll open needle exchanges. They'll do all kinds of things. And uh, if you say, oh, well, we're, your county's not going to get its money. That's what happened to Placer County. Placer County supervisors started to say, hey, hey, we're going to open up. And some of the Placer guys were calling it, you know, calling the government a liar and their supervisors. And so, uh, you know, one of the argument against voting to open up against Governor Newsom was, well, you're not going to get your CARES money that Trump gave to the states. They won't give you any money. Placer said, screw you guys, we're opening up. And they did. You know what? I found out last night for one of the Yuba County supervisors, they got their money. So at some point, you actually have to have a backbone and do what's right. And then if you don't get your money, you don't get your money. And you have to maybe argue with the federal government. You didn't get your share. But Placer County did that, but you don't see any movement in Yuba and Sutter counties. That's because they don't have a backbone. And they just, they're just pussies. They are the biggest bunch of pussies I've ever seen in my life. They're so disappointing. I had a long talk. The The reason I like to talk to Mark Boomgarden is he was a firefighter for many years, and he knows that this COVID, the way this COVID thing has been handled, whether it's been intentional or not, has caused a huge mental health crisis in our community. And we don't like to talk about mental health, and we don't like to keep stats on mental health. But when I brought up to him today that that uh, in fact this week we did two overdoses within a few hours of each other in Yuba City, the Yuba City Sutter County area. Uh, we have a lot of drug overdoses, a lot of suicides, hangings, shootings, people shoot themselves. Uh, we've had a real uptick in both of those, huge uptick in. Uh, Child abuse. They so they they say. Well, we don't. The statistics are actually down on child abuse. Well, where do you think child abuse most of the time gets reported? Gets reported when kids are in school. Kids go to school. They look beat up. They look depressed. They look something something. They talk to them. They said, oh, "I got beat up." A lot of a lot of schools. So when kids are not in school, you don't get as many reports of child abuse. I talked to my friends who are child abuse people, CPS people in Washoe County, Reno area, Nevada. They said, Lou, it's totally out of hand. I was just up there doing trauma intervention training. I'm telling you that, that divorces, spousal abuse, child abuse, depression, suicide, it is way up. The Nuremberg trials held people accountable for abuse of other human beings. 
This is abusing other human beings. There is no doubt about it. And it's one thing if if you're just a nobody and you don't have any education and your little your eyes are kind of close together, you never really got the correct DNA lined up. But when you claim to be a medical doctor and you are following these orders from Gavin Newsom like you're a little Nazi, you need to be held legally and criminally accountable for hurting people's lives, people killing themselves. So if, so right now she is, uh, our health officer is leaning on everybody, sending people home that aren't sick, quarantining people that aren't sick, mandating them to stay home. It is damaging people's lives. Now, this whole thing, as I was talking to Mark Boomgarden, he, he was, his kids are still in school, colleges. And we were talking about the damage on kids. And I have an article here. I don't know that I'll get, get past it today because it's an article on the damage that online learning does to kids. It's horrible. It is horrible to compare. If you had a choice to have online learning or to mix it up with a live teacher, you're, if it's a good teacher, right? Uh, you're always better to have a teacher in the room with you. We're created to, we're, we're, we're uh, animals or creatures that are designed to be together and to interact and to mingle. And that, and like I, the Yuba County Sheriff's Department can't have any teaching in the jail right now because of COVID, all these COVID rules. So now they're going to buy all this high tech equipment to create Zoom classrooms. And we're, they said, Lou, can you do the Zoom, cla- Zoom classes, you know, from wherever you are? I said, well, yeah, we can. People are willing to help volunteer, but it's not anything like being in in there and i've talked to some guys that are out of jail now and i've talked to them about this and they just say oh lou this is going to be horrible (laughs) they don't like it they they think oh it was great when we got to mingle you know mix it up so we have big problems with the health officer now wherever not not every place but in uh, orange county and in placer county where the supervisors took a stand and said we're done we are done Medical people take care of sick people. Businesses open up. Restaurants feed people, right? Bars, you know, we have the churches. All They should all be open, right? And the pastor's pastoring. And then the, the, those that don't want to go to church can go to the bar because the bartenders are the world's pastors. But what the pastors, the Christian pastors don't take care of, the, the bartenders do. You got to get somebody doing something out there, right? So we need to just open everything up and go back to normal. People have a happy, right? And I, Mark and I, we were just talking, Mark Boomgarden, the city councilman, about the whole, the whole issue of like, well, what are we going to call normal now? Is it now wrong that anybody would ever get ill with any bug? What about the flu? What about a head cold, a chest cold? Remember all those terms we used to use, chest cold? head cold, sinus infection, right? Now, what do we got to run down and talk to Dr. Lou? What a joke. All right, so we're going to move on. I, the, the cool thing about technology is 
is you can see how often politicians are liars and creeps. So Obama in 2006 said this. Those who enter our country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law. And because we live in an age where terrorists are challenging our borders, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, and unchecked. Americans are right to demand better border security and better enforcement of the immigration laws. Amazing. Don't you think that's kind of amazing? And after that, he became president, and then it just seemed to change. Everything about that didn't seem to work out. He didn't follow any of it. Then he criticized Trump for actually Trump is implementing that exact Obama plan in 2006. Now, I saw this hat today on on uh, social media, and I loved it. In fact, I thought I should get this hat. You know, the red hat that says Make America Great Again, MAGA. This one says, <laughs> it's on this little girl. She's about eight, ten maybe, cute as a bug. And she has this red hat, and it says, Make Ocasio-Cortez Bartend Again. I thought that. That is awesome. People are so cool. People out there come up with these creative thoughts, and then they put them to work for them. Make Ocasio-Cortez bartend again. I thought, I if I got one of those, I don't even hardly wear a hat, but uh, I thought I'd wear it to the gym. Some of the guys at the gym wear hats. I thought, why are you wearing a hat all the time? Maybe they got a bald head or something. Now, this is interesting because we have, we have Gavin Newsom up here. For all of you that uh, are uh, wondering about California, it's as crazy as it looks. Gavin Newsom standing up here with smoke swirling around his hair. And he says, if you want to know about science, if you love science, come to California because you can see climate change up close, I thought. You are so full of it, dude. Somebody ought to just jack slap you and send you home to your mama. So this meme says 34 states have a higher percent of forest land than California. I, I love it when people go out and figure this stuff out because it's it's you just need to take the time to do the math. 34 states because he said it's climate change. That's the whole problem with California. But if you look at the fires, they don't really go past the borders of California very much. There's a little overlap. 34 34 states have a higher percentage of forest land than California. Therefore, why aren't they on fire due to climate change? And the natural, uh, or I should say the logical response to that would be forest management, right? They're just managing their forests differently in california again controlled by people like john garamendi third district uh, saving owls and as i think i talked in fact i i don't know i wrote it this week or last week i think it was last week i wrote about how many literally millions of creatures have been incinerated and the ashes dumped over my head 
You ever thought about cremating your loved one and dump the ashes on their head, just dump a little bit each day? Think that's unsanitary or funky? Well, essentially, we've had all kinds of chemicals, cars, houses, deer, rats, rodents, every kind of snake, the ash just dumping right down in your head. That's what's been going on. This I like this deal. Today, I tested positive for sick of this shit, 20. <laughs> I like that. Not COVID-19. Said, I tested positive for sick of this shit, 20. There's no cure, and I may or may not be contagious. I love that. All right. So uh, that's why I'm interested in uh, we need to change. We need to change everywhere. You know something? If you don't hold your public representatives, well, he's such a nice guy. I went to school with him. He, You know, his brother and I played on the same baseball team. Or, or she's really sweet. She goes to my church. You know, unless we're willing to look at a person's record, are they smart? Do they make good decisions? Do they make the right decisions? Are they, are they immoral? Are they, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always amazing to me. Somebody, they'll elect somebody that cheats on their spouse and uh, think they're not going to cheat on the taxpayer a lot more intense to cheat on your spouse and cheating on the taxpayers a lot more profitable think about it so if you're willing to cheat on your spouse or lie to your spouse why do you want them in office or why do you want them if they filed bankruptcy or they or they you know they ran their business into the ground and they're they're on the you know they don't have anything going for them not doing anything with their life right you put put a person that just their parents gave them a business and they ran it into the ground or something like that. And then they, they never, it's one thing if, if you start again and, and make something of yourself, but you just, it's just like you put these people into office. It's crazy. So I've been watching, uh, maybe I better, maybe I better talk about before I get to this, I should talk about Gavin Newsom recall. People say to me, oh, so I think I, I skipped over. I lost my train of thought. So my friend from way up above Bullard's Bar, she said, Lou, this guy from Nevada County said, will you make phone calls politically for me? And I said, hey, if you, you know, because I, I mentioned, I've been saying on the podcast, if you don't do more than just vote, we're going to lose everything here. We're going to lose everything. And so I said, yeah, calling and reminding people to vote or say, hey, make sure to vote for Susie or whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't know what they were calling on. Or maybe you're going to vote against don't vote for Prop 15, which is a rebuttal of Prop 13. But I said, absolutely. I said, if if you hang, I'd say I'd hang stuff on doors. I would educate people. I'd call people. I'd do whatever I could. We need to we need to change California. If you're going to stay stay around here and let me tell you this. If you help create the problem in California, now you're going to run over to Idaho or Nevada to have a good deal. Uh, you're just, it's going to get you over there. There's a wave of this going on, and it's going to take some people willing to fight to shut it down, right? So if, if, if all you did is vote when you got around to it over here, or you never took on a political campaign and worked at it and handed out flyers, or you never gave to any candidate that you really thought was a good person, like I was talking to somebody the other day and I, 
They said, oh, I don't think I, I'm going to go to that uh, Dinesh D'Souza thing. It's kind of expensive. He's kind of expensive. I said, what, I, I, I said I'm shocked that he's even willing to come here. First of all, the money is going to the woman, the candidate. I, you know, it's amazing. How come nobody will run for office? The, the reason they don't run because they get it, it's rugged, and it's a pain in the rear when people that you think should support you and are going to benefit from you being in there won't support you. They won't give you any money to run. Everyone wants to keep all their money, but they want things to change. Like I said in my article, everybody wants a wine, but they keep sending the sending the same people back to office well i didn't vote for that guy he'd been in there 40 years yeah but you didn't give any money to the other candidate you didn't walk for him you didn't put up any signs for them you didn't do jack oh i voted well good for you god bless you maybe somebody should send down a little box of halos for you you know what i mean we, we got to do way more the founders gave everything to get what you got here right let me just say to you that the those people, Black Lives Matter and all those people are protesting. The worst, those, the, those people out there that are doing that, those that are worse off of that group financially are wealthy compared to the people I work with overseas. It's amazing. The disconnect, like, oh, we don't have anything. I thought, you have no clue. You have no clue. And so... I'm telling you, if you care about this country, and and actually there's not much time left for this election, the people that are vote that are voting on in these count city councils, school boards, supervisors, my goodness, our supervisors are screwing us right now, screwing us in our two counties because they won't open these counties up. They don't give a rip about people. They make a big thing. Oh my God. A 30-year-old died of COVID. What, what about all the other 30-year-olds that shot themselves, hung themselves? You don't give a crap about all that. It's just a big show. It's like, hey, try not to be a, a total fraud the rest of your life. All right, we're going to take a break, and we got a, a fourth segment coming up here, four out of six. So we'll be right back. I think that the biggest issue that I want to make sure that the world understands is the predictive nature of what has been stated. If we could predict stuff like that, then the world would be a much, much better place for all of humanity. And I want to make sure that the world understands what is really getting ready to happen. I think that censorship is always something that an authoritarian dictatorship type government would want to when they want to prevent the dissemination of information. So rather than even trying to give a reason for the censorship, let's ask the millions of people out there that may be seeing this, why would anybody censor facts and truth? Why would you want to stop the conversation? There are going to be people that cannot tolerate the truth because if they believe this, then it forces them to question all their previous beliefs that they've held. And they can't afford to do that. 
because it's just too difficult. So they would much rather say, no, you're crazy, and this is the truth, and that's what cognitive dissonance is. Unfortunately, it's not how society evolves. You have no idea the level of gratitude that I have for you. You have no idea because of you and everyone else like you, our humanity will survive. And we're talking about the future of the human race. And what they're doing is committing the greatest atrocity, the greatest crime against mankind that has ever been committed. And if we allow them to get away with it, it will be the end of recorded history as we know it. We are talking about a mass extinction level event here that, that's potentially coming down the pipeline. And it may have been the Ice Age before, it may have been something else, but this is going to be because of the stupidity of the human species. So we have to rise up right now. We have to do it. We have to make this change now. We have to wake up. We have to realize what's happening because the planet's survival, literally the human species' survival is at stake. People like that, that know that they could get social reprimanding. They could get a lot of dislikes, a lot of uh, you know negative, negative uh, publicity, but they're still doing it because truth is that important to them. So to all the truth seekers, I appreciate you. And for all of us, I, I hope that we hold that intention in our hearts for all the truth seekers to give them more energy, more power. Everything is a frequency. My voice now is a frequency. And mendacity, lies, deceit is a frequency. Truth is a frequency, a much more powerful frequency. And they know the power of the truth circulating because people resonate with it. And so if they are going to pull off what we're unfolding now, what we're experiencing now, and they are going to control billions of people, they have to control their perception. They have to. We are in the situation we are now because of mass human perception. And that perception allows vast numbers of people to concede their uniqueness, to concede their freedom, and to sit in their house under house arrest, being told what to do by a handful of people. And the other perception is, I can see there's something not right here, but what are the consequences of me saying so or taking this on and challenging it and that perception of what are the consequences for me means that lots of people who have realized something's not right also sit under house arrest and those two perceptions they are the reason that this is happening it's perception and fear of consequences that are making this all possible and are destroying the independent livelihoods of billions of people and the greatest form of control is dependency this is not about money you see this is about control this is about a complete takeover not just of humans in the in the physical sense if you like it's to take over their minds 
and their perceptions directly in the end. And there's two mass mind perceptual manipulation techniques that this cult uses to advance its agenda. One I called a long time ago problem reaction solution, where you covertly create a problem, you uh, get your unquestioning media to tell the public the version of that problem you want them to believe, and you want the public to be saying in a state of fear and anxiety or outrage, something must be done, what are they gonna do about it? And then those who've covertly created the problem and got that reaction then openly offer the solutions to the problems they've covertly created and blame someone else for. And there's another version of that, which I have called um, no problem reaction solution. That's where you don't need a real problem, you need the perception of one. I'm gonna do what I know to be right. That is an unstoppable force. It doesn't need violence, last thing we need is violence. This doesn't do violence. But the power of doing what you know to be right and not in ever considering not doing it, if enough people do that, we take control back of our society. And we will inherit a society based on that and not on fear, which is what has controlled human society throughout known human history. As many of you testified today, the left-wing rioting and mayhem are the direct result of decades of left-wing indoctrination in our schools. It's gone on far too long. Our children are instructed from propaganda tracks like those of Howard Zinn that try to make students ashamed of their own history. The left has warped, distorted, and defiled the American story with deceptions, falsehoods, and lies. There is no better example than the New York Times totally discredited 1619 Project. This project rewrites American history to teach our children that we were founded on the principle of oppression, not freedom. Nothing could be further from the truth. America's founding set in motion the unstoppable chain of events that abolished slavery, secured civil rights, defeated communism and fascism, and built the most fair, equal, and prosperous nation in human history. Right. Let me let me talk quickly about the recall. Uh, my friend Donna Wahlberg is working her rear off trying to uh, get the petition signing jacked up, put new wheels under it. And she's kind of taken over their Facebook page here in Yuba County and pushing it. So they just had a uh, pop up tent at the corner of a. Uh, uh, I think it would be called Tenth and E at a park there. And I'm just telling you, uh, I'm just telling you, well, I don't, 
my my neighbors. Oh, I, I don't think it does any good. I'll tell you one thing. You think, well, my vote, you know, most of the time I vote. I vote all the time, but most of the candidates I vote for always lose. And I don't think I curse them. It's just they're good people, but they they aren't bought out in a lot of situations, or they're not the incumbent, and uh, and the incumbents got the got the cash. And so uh, so you have one vote. That's all you got. But in a recall, you can go out and get a hundred votes of your friends and neighbors and relatives that would want to recall Gavin Newsom. And uh, I, the only thing worse for, that Gavin could do at this point is screw your daughter. Uh, you know, he, he he's just, he's a, a dictator. The, do, I don't know whether you've noticed, the Cong- our, our, our uh, assembly and Senate's basically of no use at this point. He doesn't pay any attention to them. He doesn't run things by them, and then they they debate, they approve something, and then it comes to him for signature. He just does whatever he wants and says it's because of an emergency, and I can do in an emergency I'll do whatever I darn well please. So we need to recall the governor. We've done it before. We're there's only two times in history it's been done. Once is California, and that was Gray Davis. So uh, you can. You can help us by signing. In fact, I had a friend of mine from Rockland. He's an architect, retired architect. And he didn't even write a note, say, hi, Lou, how's it going? He, I opened his letter, uh, his envelope, and inside of it was just a peti- blank petition, like, okay, dude, fill it out and send it in. <laughs> Recall Gavin. He didn't even say thanks. Hope you can do this. If you have any questions, call me. He just sent it. Boom. He just getting them out, man. It's desperate. So uh, you need to sign that. You need to be a registered voter to sign. You can register in a number of ways. You can do it on the Secretary of State's website. You can do it on the DMV's website. You can go to your county clerk's office in whatever county you're in. But Or you could just go to recallgavin2020.com, recallgavin2020.com, 2020, and you can get uh, you can get a petition and sign it right there. Now, make sure you sign the petition like you sign your uh, registration to vote, right? Do it exactly the same. Otherwise, the, the signature will be invalidated. So you register to vote, and then you sign the uh, pe- the petition. And that just, if we get enough signatures, that gets his name on the ballot, and they're going to ask the question, do you want him or don't you? It just, do you want him or don't you? And if enough people don't, then there'll be other names on the ballot to replace him with. Then you get to vote on that as well, all in one swoop. But we got to get him on the ballot. And uh, we need, and this is all being done with volunteers. Usually these big campaigns are done with volunteers, plus a lot of paid signature gatherers. So in this case, they're doing it all uh, by volunteers. You know why? Because a lot of you wouldn't give anyway. So they just try to get you to work for it. Recall Gavin 2020.com. And, uh, and if you go on that website and you're not from Uber Sutter County's where I'm talking from, you can look up your County and there's a Facebook site. You can look up, you click on that, go to Facebook and they'll find out where you can sign up in your County. If you don't want to do the download or you don't have, a printer, 
you know, I know this stuff comes up so you can, you, know, you can work around it. OK, so if everybody decided, listen, I'm going to get a blank. It's like the smallest certificate, uh, smallest petition has five signatures. And so, hey, just talk to your neighbors. You sign. Are you willing to sign? Are you registered? Sign the dude. Right. Get five signatures at the bottom. There's a place to mail it and you can just mail it directly in. No fuss, no muss, no bureaucracy. Nobody's getting a lot of credit. Nobody's on a big ego trip. You just we're just trying to get this done. We need to have. A couple million signatures by November 17th, because by the time you take out all the funky ones, we need at least a million and a half of them to be solid. Got it? Go do something. One of the guys, in fact, I was just talking to him this week, Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security. He's talking about people can sign up out there seven days a week, nearly 24 hours a day. They got, uh, they have a security business out in uh, Feather River Boulevard in Southern, just South of Marysville, actually. And uh, it's at 5548 Feather River Boulevard. And you can reach them if you, the reason I'm talking about him is plus they, they, he's helping with the recall, uh, Elite Universal Security, and he's looking for people to go to work because the whole nation's falling apart. We need we need everybody. We need neighbors to watch their neighbors to make sure they're not getting ripped off. We got private security services. We got police. We got sheriff. It's crazy. People are lawless today. So 530-749-0280 if you want to get a job. And you don't have to be here in Yuba and Sutter counties, anywhere in Northern California. Monty can tell you where he's operating all the way up to the Oregon border. You can get yourself a job. The other thing is, uh, Monty, uh, we run this trauma intervention program. I'll talk about it a little bit later, uh, although it's going to be pretty quick because we're in the second half of the program. Uh, Monty's group, we, we have people donate to keep our program running. It's totally nonprofit, no paid people at all. So I just want to give a shout out to Elite Universal Security that this week donated $1,500 to help us in our annual kind of funding campaign that's going on the next couple of months here. So thank you so much, Elite Universal Security. They also do, you, you got yourself a gun. In fact, we just bought a gun, Tip did, Trauma Intervention. We're going to raffle it off, sell tickets. We got a Beretta. And um, I can, uh, let's see, what is it? We don't even have the tickets printed yet, but I just picked up a Beretta 92. Uh, semi-automatic pistol uh, that at one time the U.S. military, that was a standard issue from U.S. military. Uh, they went to it in 1985. I think they now use something different. They used a uh, 92FS. But uh, I'm not an expert on guns. I know how to shoot guns and use them. I used to be a hunter. But this is a Breda 92. We'll have more information next week on how to get tickets or if you want to uh, buy, you know, if you want to throw in some money and you live in another state, we'll have that all figured out. But um, we've done this a couple times before for trauma intervention to raise money, and it's always fun because you can spend, say, the I think last time the tickets were $20 a piece. And, uh, you know, if you bought three or four tickets, that the gun's probably worth over $600, you know, and I, I just saw it. I went and checked it out today and made all the arrangements at Kittles Sporting Goods. You ever heard of Kittles? I had never been there. I drove out to Calusa, 
It's a far ag. It's a small ag community, really quaint community, really nice place out there. And it was like walking back in time. I thought this place is totally cool. I just I didn't have time to stay, but I thought I just want to hang out here. It's just like kind of a an old warehouse type store, and uh, big. Really, I just thought, and then they had their whole gun corner, all these dudes in there with all these guns. I thought, this place is really awesome. Kittle Sporting Goods. It's on Market Street if you want to. Uh, uh, somebody, because I couldn't find any handguns over here. I was having tr- trouble finding a handgun in Yuba Sutter area. So anyway, my friend said, Lou, I'll get you a good deal at Kittle's because he used to work over there. And uh, and so he contacted them, and they said, yeah, have him come over. We'll make him a good deal and help his program. And uh, the interesting thing is that the guy that I dealt with, Alex, over at Kittles, was really kind to me and said, hey, we I used to listen to the show at KMYC. I used to listen to KMYC all the time, Bob Day and you. And so it was kind of nice to get reconnected when we did the show for many years at KMYC. So anyway, if you're, you're needing a gun, uh, handgun, long gun, any kind of hunting stuff, hunting gear, hunting clothes, you know, every type of gadget. It's unbelievable. This place is, it's worth the drive over there just to go to this place and just check it out. It's like awesome. Kittle Sporting Goods. I I think it's, uh, I don't know if it was eight, 880 or something. It's in the 800 block of market. You can't miss it. It's like a very small town. And, uh, but it's, you'll drive right by it. It's Kittles because it, it's nothing fancy, but it's, once you walk in, the goods are inside. <laughs> so they didn't waste any money on the exterior. All right. So, um, okay, that's next week. So Monty Hecker has really helped us. He's helped the show as well. I mean, he, Monty's been a, a helper of mine. And, uh, so he helps me with tip and he helps also with, uh, making the show happen. So thank you very much, uh, for that. And he's helping with the recall. He's helped with all kinds of other patriotic uh, issues. You know, whether we wanted to, we tried to roll back the gas tax. What was that? Proposition six. I think I got goofed up for a while and called it Prop P, but it's Prop six. And uh, we we failed in our repeal. But he helped helped us do that. It's been one thing after another. But he's a he's a big. He's retired Air Force as well. So also I want to make, I mentioned Dave Greenitz construction. Uh, Dave's been a real good, great support, both trauma intervention and this uh, podcast. And uh, in fact, Dave and his wife, Leslie, were at uh, the uh, Dinesh D'Souza meetings, got their picture taken with Dinesh D'Souza. It was awesome, <laughs> totally awesome. And they loved it. And so you can, uh, if you want to, if you want to seriously, Get a kitchen or a bathroom that just drop dead gorgeous. Uh, well done, great ideas, uh, great craftspeople. Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to find anybody better than this around this area. I don't I can't speak for other areas, but he works mainly Yuba Sutter counties occasionally. I know they did a they did a gig over in Las Vegas here a while back. I know he done up and stuff up in Tahoe occasionally. Lake Tahoe, but anyway, you're not going to get any better than Dave, and you can check it out. You know, you have you maybe my words will trigger a picture in your mind. Don't even bother with that. Just go to these sites and look for yourself. And I, 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 uh, 
I think you're going to be wowed. So you could go to greenitsconstruction.com, green with E-T-Z on the end, construction, one word, greenitsconstruction.com, or you could go to Dave Greenitz Facebook page. So go on to Facebook, just put Dave Greenitz Construction, and uh, that'll get to his Facebook page. They'll have before and after shots and the way they've, they'll even show you floor plans, how they've changed things around to make things better, beautiful, and all that kind of stuff. So... If you're old school and you you like to talk to people on the phone, uh, he still has a phone. And it's 530-682-9602. 530-682-9602. Uh, okay. So also, I uh, I think, I, I don't know what I skipped over, it, uh, over at Monty Hecker's place. They will help you get your uh, concealed weapon permit if you want. And uh, if you believe in that, I don't. But if you believe in it, you know, if you get pulled over, you might be allowed to get arrested. I figure I'm going to get arrested, and then I'm just going to take it to court and beat it in court because it's contrary to the Constitution. But if you don't want to go through the bother, you just want to have it legal, you can pack and shoot somebody if they mess with you. Uh, Monty will help you get that certificate through his, his business. Also, if you want to go to work for Monty Hecker, he will train you on how to all all he's what he needs is somebody that's going to show up in a showdown and going to be honest person and a hard worker. Right. Got to start with that. He'll make a good guard out of you. OK. All right. Back to the action here. Let's see what I want to talk about. I wanted to. Oh, since we're talking about guns, let me see if I there's a deal called Hillbilly Outdoors that I thought was kind of cool. And I'm just going to cover that. we got a few minutes here. If I can find it really quick. Here we go. We're close. By the way, the CDC screwed up again. Did you hear that? I'll talk about that in a minute, too. So Hillbilly Outdoors. Some some words to the wise. This is dealing with gun. Gunnery. He says, shooting advice from various concealed carry instructors. If you own a gun, you will appreciate this. If not, you should get one and learn how to use it. I think everybody better get a gun. I think we're going to have a full-blown riot, and you're liable to, you're going to get hurt out there. So this is some advice from gunners. Guns have only two enemies, rust and politicians. Number two, always better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. Some of these I've heard before. Number three, cops carry guns to protect themselves, not you. Number five, never let any, never let someone or something that threatens you get inside arm's length. Number six, never say I got a gun. (laughs) If you need to use deadly force, the first sound they hear should be the safety click off. I prefer the sound of a round being chambered when you load a shotgun. Next, the average response time of 911 call is 23 minutes. This is law enforcement. Fire, I know, gets there faster, but they won't come into the scene if there's trouble. So they're not going to respond to you, neither will ambulance, until law enforcement secures the scene. They'll park down the street and wait. The average response time in 911, that means law enforcement, is 23 minutes. The response time of a 357 gun is 1,400 feet per second. The most important rule in a gunfight is always win, cheat if necessary. Next, make your make your attacker advance through a wall of bullets. You may get killed with your own gun, 
but he'll have to beat you to death with it because it'll be empty. Now, if you're in a fight, these are a few principles. If you're not shooting, you should be loading. If you're not loading, you should be moving. If you're not moving, you're dead. In a life and death situation, do something. It may be wrong, but do something. If you carry a gun, people call you paranoid. That's nonsense. If you have a gun, what do you have to be paranoid about? You can say stop or any other word, but a large bore muzzle pointed at someone's head is pretty much a universal language. Okay. Now, uh, let's see, only a couple of minutes left. Hold, hold on, I need to grab a magazine off the, off the book stack here. Okay, let me see if... Oh, this is the wrong book. I just have a couple minutes, so I thought this is from my edition of The Rifleman, September 2020. These are stories, this is called The Armed Citizen. There's some five or six great stories here. I don't know whether you can look at this online or not. Uh, I don't want to waste too much time. Let me just share a couple of these. Upon hearing a noise in downstairs kitchen late in the evening of April 5, a Spokane, Washington homeowner grabbed his shotgun and headed down to investigate. What he found was an unknown 26-year-old man whom he had immediately told to leave. The intruder reportedly approached the homeowner on the stairs and a struggle ensued, resulting in one shot being fired into the floor. The armed citizen loaded another round into the shotgun and fired at the attacker who was approaching again, striking him in the leg and causing him to flee. The homeowner's wife called 911 to report a burglary in progress and the home invader was found by deputies shortly thereafter with an injury to his leg. Um, anyway, the guy... I'm going to skip that part because it was the rest of the story, but mainly the guy fended off this guy that was up to no good. A 27-year-old man approached three men attempting to get into their car in a Nashville, Tennessee mall parking lot June 18 and demanded their belongings at gunpoint. The car's driver then drew his handgun in self-defense and exchanged gunfire. This is unbelievable. Exchanged gunfire with the would-be robber, striking him in the knee and causing him to flee on foot. The assailant was located a short time later by law enforcement, transported to a nearby medical center, non-life-threatening, da-da-da. Anyway, the guy went to prison or jail, whatever. Another one. Um, man reportedly broke into a Pumpkin Hollow, Oklahoma. So where do you live? I live in Pumpkin Hollow. Unbelievable. Oklahoma. April 24th is residence where they were confronted by a homeowner. The guys broke in. He was armed with a shotgun. They, the armed citizen fired at two men who immediately fled. The Cherokee County Sheriff's Office said the deputies found a vehicle parked in a residence yard that belonged to one of the two guys. It was filled with items stolen from outbuildings on the property. Anyway, good deal. Okay. So uh, we're, in, we're ending our fourth segment here, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Well, sometimes I go out. 
All right, y'all asked me to cover one last thing. Trump's saying when the looting starts, the shooting starts. I don't know where y'all are from, but I'm from Texas, okay? That's not a race thing. That's a common sense thing. Looting is theft that usually has violence involved. I don't know anyone in my state that thinks that's a smart idea. Cause you best believe I'm gonna protect me and mine any day, any time. And we don't take too kind of people threatening our property either. But here's the great thing. If you're not trespassing or stealing anything, you remove yourself from that situation of getting shot. It's really not rocket science. If y'all took the same amount of energy that you put into trying to make Trump look bad and use it to help your communities not destroy them, put it towards coming together as a united people and looking at each other like human beings and not by colors, we'd be in a real different situation right now. Stop fabricating shit that's not there. And FYI, he's still your damn president. Is that a paper towel? Oh, I'm talking. I can't with no man. We're saying this right here. Come on. COVID. We're tired of you. We're so tired of you. We're tired of you. We had to start this song off the road, y'all. We're tired of you. Because we're just that tired. We're tired of you. Oh, you have no place. We're tired of you. You have no place. Democrats and Joe Biden and the rest of those demon rock clan of his is going to say that the Supreme Court justice should be picked after the election. You want to know why? Because the Republicans hold the presidency and they hold the Senate. Because if the shoe was on the other foot, they'd put somebody in that seat real quick. So Republicans grow some fucking balls and fill that seat. Fill that seat. We the people want that seat filled. You work for us. That's what we want. We're allowed to do it. Let's get it done. May Ruth rest in peace. She did a lot for women. I'll give her that. Okay? I don't knock the woman at all. This is not about that. But the shoe was on the other foot. That that seat would be filled like that. Okay, here we go. I wanted to talk about the uh, the death of our Supreme Court justice and the nomination of the next Supreme Court justice and the vote, the confirmation hearings, and all that kind of stuff. So there's all kinds of stuff. As usual, you can't 
you know, we used to say you can't believe everything you hear. It's almost where you can't believe anything you hear. It's just so much baloney, uh, so much incredible baloney. In fact, I keep hearing stuff where I know is untrue. And uh, they keep saying it on the news. And I, I think you're just lying to people because I know that's not I know what you're saying right now is completely false. So if you uh, Chris Ann Hall, who we don't play a lot of her clips because they're too long. She's on every day. If you can go on her website, let me get get it back up here on her website and just sign up to be on all her uh, talks every day. She'll keep you up with today's action, and she'll tell you how it's it run afoul of the Constitution. It doesn't matter which party's doing it. She does not pull any punches. And so uh, let me see if I can find it up here. Okay, Chris Ann Hall, uh, she's just been t- – she just peeled and said, hey – Forget all what everybody's saying. This is what the Constitution tells us to do when someone dies. Chris Ann Hall, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E, Chris Ann Hall, H-A-L-L, ChrisAnnHall.com. Just go to ChrisAnnHall.com. She's got Facebook pages. She's got all kinds of stuff. She can learn about the Constitution on her site. She has daily, you can hook up Facebook-wise, you'll get a daily talk free of charge. Uh you know, plus she has other things you can subscribe to. But she just peels the thing. It's very simple. This is not complicated. There's, you know, there's going to be a lot of whining uh, from the Democrats. But the fact is, that's why uh, you really hope to get a president from your party. That's the way the system is constructed. So it's fair. And so you may have a president from your party who appoints like when we appointed Justice Bork, B-O-R-K, and, uh, but the, the preponderance of representatives, the Senate, I believe, was primarily Democrat, and they said, no, we're not going to accept Bork, and they rejected him, right? That's our system, whether you like it or not. So whether or not you say, oh, well, they didn't do it right the last, they, didn't, they weren't fair. The Democrats always play unfair and always complain when the, when, the, when the Republicans aren't doing what they tell them to do. That's the Democrats' way. So Charlie Kirk put together a couple things that I think are interesting. Uh, he says there's no reason Trump's nominee can't be confirmed by November 3rd. That's been a big deal. Oh, he can't do it before that. It's not fair. It's not ethical. You're not being nice. Uh, it's illegal. So Charlie Kirk you know, you, it's it's cool when you just take the time and go back in and look things up, and you can do it on the internet very 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 quickly. So he just says he he gave some examples in 1975. Justice Stevens, um, there were 16 days between his nomination. That's when the president said, "I'd like to have I'd like to have Justice Stevens on the Supreme Court." Right. So between the time he said that and the confirmation vote, it was 16 days. For Justice O'Connor, the female, in 1981, it was just 33 days between when the president said, I believe I'd like to have her. And that's totally the job of the president. That's his job or her job if there was a female president. 
So Justice O'Connor was nominated and voted on in 33 days. Justice Ginsburg, who is the lady that just died, in 1993, it took 42 days. That's less than the days left to the presidential election. Just 42 days between her nomination and her confirmation. 16, 33, and 42. Stevens, O'Connor, Ginsburg. Very simple. It's not complicated. And uh, the only thing complicated about it is is if they get in the Senate and there's uh, the majority of the Senate right now is Republican, and it could be some guy wants to uh, get a lot of political attention and be egotistical, and he could play games with this, right, instead of get down and get serious and think about the country. So this is a comment on the on the Internet. says it, it attributed it to Bill Murray, the comedian, but I don't really believe. To me, I put stuff in here to talk about if it just makes good sense. I don't care really who said it. It says, so if we lie to government, it's a felony. Isn't it? This has always puzzled me. You go in, do you, when you're going to get testified, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? I do, right? Then if you don't, if you don't, if you intentionally don't tell the truth, they can assess you, uh, find you uh, at fault for violating the law. It's called perjury, right? Where you knowingly, uh, not tell the truth, not tell what's accurate. So he says, if we lie to government, it's a felony. If they lie to us, it's politics, right? Just politics. It just really, you know, people, we need to get a lot more hard-nosed. Now, this is the other thing that just trips me out. You know, and here's the deal. Whenever you start talking about things like this, people say, Oh, you just you just hate all teachers. You just you just don't like education. You know, honestly, first of all, I spent I think I spent twelve years, maybe only maybe eight, maybe twelve years, three terms. I think it was three terms on the Yuba County Office of Education board. I I don't like to serve on boards of any kind, but I did that because of my friend Rick Teagarden, who his his board member quit. Uh, and he served in my district. So he recruited me, he said, Hey, come on, come on. We can help kids. So I said, for the sake of the kids, I'll do it. So I've met a lot of really fine, stellar, brilliant teachers who I would love to see my kids. If I had kids still taught by them. And I had some cool teachers that I thought really did my kids good. So I'm not, here's the problem in every pro- profession. There's duds right? Every profession. I, I'm not leaving out any. There's duds. People that are dishonest, they're corrupt, they're lousy at what they do. Uh, so let's just start there. The, the problem in the teaching profession is you can't get rid of them. At most other jobs, you can fire people pretty easily for just being incompetent. They just, or you lay them off. You just, you lay them off forever. In the teaching profession, you're stuck with people for life. So this meme says the person working the checkout line. Now I've been, I've been out shopping here recently. I need some groceries. And then I, I went to, 
I went to Lowe's. I've been I've been running around doing some errands. I just went out to Kittles, the sporting goods place in Calusa. The person working in a checkout line at these grocery stores, they are they are handling cash, they're handling checks from people, they're handing people are touching each other, handling stuff back and forth, they're handing the the receipt to people, they're handling all their food. And <laughs> You know, so it's crazy what the, these COVID rules, right? They don't make any sense. The person working the checkout line is deemed essential, right? She, they work for, they work for the past four months during this whole thing, eight hours a day, five days a week, and sees tens of hundreds or thousands of people. Just so you can go buy some food, right? Now that person, they're essential. But a teacher can't work about the same amount per day, seeing 20 children a day. Mark Boomgarden, we were talking, he's, I said, I said, I, I think the unions are holding this up, right? And he said, well, the parents are holding it up. Some of the parents think their kids are going to get sick. They, buy, they believe the sick thing. I, I get that. I run into people like that. But teachers traditionally... My friend, Dr. Cassidy, says teachers, when they're rookies and they go into teaching, a lot of times they're sick a lot the first year because they don't have any immunity. It's just like the missionaries that went to Africa and India, the first Western missionaries that ever went to Africa and India, they, most of them died in 30 days, 60 days, because they didn't have any immunity to the bugs on that side of the water. They had immunity built up to the creatures that tried to kill folks over here. But over there, it was just a burial ground of missionaries, not because people were shooting them, but because they got bugs that they didn't have any capability of fighting. So Doc Cassidy says a lot of times rookie teachers, they, it takes them a year or two to build up their immunity where the, all the kids sniffles and all the stuff the kids come to school with. Like like if the, when they get the green stuff coming out your nose, that's the time to quarantine them. We take them out of school, say, Mom, come down and pick them up says, but a teacher can't work seeing the same 20 students daily because it's dangerous. says, science left the house a long time ago. We're being played. Now, I was talking to, and Mark was saying that one of his friends <clears throat> said that his, on this online school he's doing right now for the public school system, he's got 70 kids on Zoom, on one class. That's just crazy, people. The best thing, the silver lining in COVID has been forcing a lot of parents to really look closely is, is this school system totally a fraud? Teaching my kids stuff I don't dare ever want them knowing. Lies, half-truths, baloney, psychobabble, right? Bottom, bottom fishing on truth. And uh, it's given people a push to really look at homeschooling. <clears throat> and to figure out alternatives of schooling, that's been the best thing about this COVID thing. Because most of the schools are just totally horrific. They're not just funky. They are filthy. They're filthy. They're funky. They're bad news. They're bad values. They're bad norms. They're bad examples. Some of the teachers, I've seen teachers, I've taught in their classroom. Except for a shower, they, they look homeless. They're showered. They don't smell. But except for a shower, I'm I'm dressed better than when I go to school to teach. When I was doing teaching character in a classroom, 
I was looking better than some of those teachers. Now that's not a good that's not a good sign. I just had on a dress shirt, khakis, and a, a nice shoes, and a belt. You know, I was I was ready. I, it wasn't like old Levi's with some kind of tattered parts in them, and old funky tennies and a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. That ain't that didn't get it for me. So uh, we this whole teaching thing is baloney. And uh, oh, how about this? Oh, we got a few minutes. So we're we're doing okay. I I had never thought of this, but this got me to thinking. That have you, you you've heard this before? Let me just state it for you. When police are killed in the line of duty, have you ever heard this? They knew the risk when they took the job. You hear that? You think, oh my God, right? I, I'm mad every time I see one get get hurt or killed. It sets me off. But I've heard people say, well, they knew their risk when they took the job. In my work with criminals, most criminals I know, or a lot of criminals I know, it's a career for them. They've been doing it for years. Some of them, they just got spot strung out on meth or heroin or cocaine, and so they started stealing to support their habit, right? But a lot of, a lot of criminals, it's a career. So it says... When we say the cops knew the risks when they took the job, how come then we can't apply the same logic to criminals that are killed during arrest? They knew the risk when they did the crime. Does that make sense to you? That makes total sense to me. Why would we ever quibble about it? Hey, they they knew the when they're out there running the streets. I mean, the store owner could shoot them. Oh, I got it. I just saw this, uh, what's his name, Bill O'Reilly. Remember Bill O'Reilly used to be so popular on Fox, and then he got in trouble over there and got fired? What was he, messing around with a girl or something? I don't know what happened. Anyway, so I, someone, uh, a friend of mine, up in the Gridley area, actually I've never met him. He's just a friend from the radio. He sent me this link to a YouTube site. And it was Bill O'Reilly talking about the impact. I guess there was a situation, and I saw it on TV, I saw it on YouTube, where Newt Gingrich is talking about the state of the country, and at the end he says, George Soros has been funding district attorneys throughout the country to not prosecute crime and to let violence go on. And the, the panel from Fox just had a total meltdown and wouldn't talk about it. They went totally, they didn't argue. They just went totally silent and said, oh, we can't talk about George Soros. So obviously, George Soros somehow has paid off Fox News. Well, this is interesting. Bill O'Reilly, this is Bill O'Reilly's research. George Soros, this, George Soros is behind Black Lives Matter and Antifa and a lot of these uh, radicalized terrorist groups that are working against the United States, but he gave $17 million to county district attorney races. So that would be like in Sutter County, that would be like the Amanda Hopper and, and uh, Clint Curry is over in Yuba County. And so that's a county district attorney and in California. There's 58 of them. So he uh, gave $17 million scattered around the country to DA races to fund Way liberal, way liberal district attorneys. So in Contra Costa County, that's the county that Oakland, California is in. 
uh, he funded a gal named Diana Becton, and she came up with the idea that she will not prosecute a looter or she will not don't bother arrest a looter because they may really need what they stole. And if they needed what they stole, then they really didn't commit a looting crime. That's what we're getting when we're, when we're putting real radical liberal DAs, no looters prosecuted Diana Becton. And then in Cook County, Chicago, Kim Fox, you remember Kim Fox with the Jesse, Jesse or juicy Smollett or Smollett. The guy that lied about pe- people beating him up, Trump, Trump lovers, and uh, she never did prosecute him for lying and all that kind of stuff. She got two million dollars in her campaign. Kim Fox. She's a she's a uh, a Soros girl. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a guy named Larry Krasner. He got one point five million dollars from Soros to run his campaign, and his big deal is we don't do any bail. We just we book them and release them, and then they come back to trial. Not housing people anymore. St. Louis, uh, we have Kim Gardner. She got 68000 from Soros, and she is the one who's prosecuting. You remember the, the couple? He had like an automatic weapon, and she had a pistol, and they were standing out in front of their big white house, a nice house. It's in a gated community. Black Lives Matter broke in and then threatened to come into their house, and they held them off. They didn't shoot anybody, but they held them off with these guns, right? So she's pro- Kim Gardner is prosecuting that couple for defending their home. So uh, Gingrich, Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, said that the murder rate nationally is up 15%. But in the, the largest cities that we're talking about, like Chicago, Philadelphia, St. Louis, New York, da da da. The murder rate is up twenty six percent. So if you think, well, it doesn't really make any difference who we elect for these various jobs: supervisors, city council, supervisors, um, judges, um, district attorneys. It it just it's a huge huge thing. It's a huge thing. So. Um, Okay, we're coming down to another break. Uh, Let me just look at my... Oh, we're doing pretty good. Okay, so uh, let me pitch the plumbing doctor to you, the plumbing outfit that helps me as well here, stay on on the uh, the web instead of the air. And plumbing, I just passed him. I, where was I coming from? I had to go to, oh, I came from Calusa. They they were out on the edge of Sutter County doing a job out there. I passed them on the road. They got several trucks around here, maybe five trucks. And they're doing a lot of plumbing work, plumbing doctor. You can reach them at 530-671-9111. So nobody likes it when the plumbing don't work. The water, I noticed my sink, the water's starting to slowly go out. I usually can fix that. The water's not going out as fast as normal. There are just all these issues with water in your house. It's not going where it's supposed to go. It's coming through the roof. It's doing this. It's doing that. Broken, there's a broken sprinkler. Water running all over the street, wasting all our money. 
So uh, Plumbing Doctor, 671-9111, area code 530. We'll be right back. We're going to finish up with one more segment. Call it a day. Okay. Close your eyes and get out kiss you. Tomorrow I'll miss you. Remember. Democratic candidates is Senator Joseph Biden. Have you seen the problem he's been having? He went around and made a speech. And apparently, he quoted a, I think it was a British politician, took his speech and kind of paraphrased it as his own. And then the press got on him. And then he was charged also with taking part of Bobby. And Biden says, not to worry, he reassured his staff. He said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> California, the Golden State, home to Hollywood, Silicon Valley, Napa Valley, glitz, glamour, and now blackouts. In 2019, California became the first state ever to intentionally deny electricity to its own citizens. No power for your home, your Tesla, your cell phone, or maybe your oxygen tank. This is California we're talking about, not some impoverished third world country, California. If it were a sovereign nation, it would be the fifth largest economy in the world, ahead of the UK and France. But in the hot, dry months of late summer and early fall, it can no longer provide electricity to its own citizens. It has to shut down its aging power lines or risk starting another catastrophic fire. In 2018, the town of Paradise burned to the ground. Over 10,000 homes were destroyed. 85 people died. In 2017, the Redwood Fire killed nine people. California has always had wildfires, but now the fire threat is worse than ever. Why? For the answer, we should look to one of the state's leading citizens, Leonardo DiCaprio. The reason these wildfires have worsened is because of climate change. Case closed? Well, not quite. But Leo isn't wrong. Climate change has made the problem worse. He's just not right in the way he thinks he is. Let's get into it. Long before global warming became climate change, Californians had to deal with fires. The hot, bone-dry summer and fall winds, thick forests, and dense brush that cover good portions of the state made sure of that. As the state's population grew, the citizens, always aware of fire risk, took steps to mitigate that risk, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. First, there were large-scale logging operations. These helped thin the forest. Then there were controlled burns, fires purposely set to clear areas of brush in fire zones, which were then quickly extinguished. As the influence of the environmental movement grew more pronounced at the end of the last century and into this one, the state's policy changed. First, new regulations sharply curtailed logging operations. Cutting down trees for lumber was depicted as almost an act of cruelty. Even clearing dead trees was frowned upon. Controlled burns were viewed the same way. It was much better, the environmentalists contended, to let nature do its thing. And as housing became more expensive in the big cities, 
developers started to build homes further from metropolitan areas and closer to the wilderness. Parallel to this was the state's green energy mandate. Governor Jerry Brown declared that California would be powered entirely by renewable energy, mostly wind and solar, by 2045. Tremendous pressure was put on Pacific Gas and Electric, the state's largest energy company, to get started on this project. Here's where Leo gets it right, if unintentionally. The green energy mandate turned the power company's attention and resources away from the power grid and to wind and solar. How did this lead to new and deadlier fires? Let's put the pieces of the puzzle together. Wildfires can be started in all sorts of ways. Lightning strikes, campfires not properly put out, a cigarette carelessly tossed away, or sometimes straight-up arson. But the worst culprit of all is power lines. In 2018, fully half of California's wildfires were started by power lines or related electrical problems. It's not hard to figure out why. California's power grid is ancient. Most of its towers were built before 1950. Some of the lines are so old they qualify for the National Registry of Historic Places. The lines that are failing and sparking fires? No surprise, the old ones. The deadliest fire in California history, the 2018 campfire that burned down Paradise, was caused by equipment that dates back to 1921. 100-year-old equipment. It's not that the power company didn't know there was a problem. They knew. But they were focused on more pressing political priorities, like green energy. That's where PG&E, a public utility, which just means it's the politicians who call the shots, put its money and resources. In 2018, PG&E spent $2.4 billion on renewables. By comparison, in 2017, it spent $1.4 billion on existing infrastructure. So let's review. The forests grow ever more dense. Brush builds up because controlled burns are not permitted. Developers build in wilderness areas. And the dominant power company chases its renewable energy mandate at the expense of nuts and bolts line maintenance. Such are the things uncontrollable fires are made of. Where are we now? PG&E is in bankruptcy, sued into oblivion, with no viable plan to fix the grid. Instead of bringing vital infrastructure into the 21st century, California is voluntarily turning itself into a third world country. That's what happens when progressives and environmentalists run things. The Golden State isn't going green, it's going broke, and it's going dark. When that happens, maybe a light bulb will finally turn on in the heads of California voters. I'm John Cobelt for Prager University. It was an awesome trip. My husband and I had a great time. And uh, some of you may know that my husband is actually a Christian rapper. Uh, most of you probably didn't even know Christian rap was a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah, it's legit. Don't get caught sleeping on that Christian rap game, homie. His last album went triple Pentecost platinum. Booyah! My husband is a Christian rapper, right? And I'm a Christian and I'm a comedian, but I'm not a Christian comedian. Let me explain. I don't have jokes that are like, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John walk into a bar. Sinners. 
it's not my style. And like a lot of my comic friends, they always tell me like, oh, you're so conservative, right? And then like my Christian friends are like, oh, you're so edgy. <laughs> but like, I just do me, you know what I mean? Like I can't be anybody else but me. Right? Just do you and do you well. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll tell you the truth, I love Jesus, okay? Yes, I do. But I will punch a hoe. I mean, like, I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to fight you. Like, if you're yelling at me, go ahead and yell at me. I don't even care. You want to say some curse words at me? Say some curse words. I don't even care. But if you are right here in my face, like, if our eyelashes <laughs> is braided together, I will cut you. In the name of Jesus. We're still doing some fundraising that I mentioned earlier. And uh, Bike County Ambulance just gave us $2,500 today. Uh, they, Bike County Ambulance has served this area. I, can't, I, don't, I don't even know how many decades. They, it seemed like they were, they were going in the 70s was not when I was around here. Started with the father, and then now the sons, Cameron and Alex, are running it. They got it going on. They got lots of it's growing around here. And so... Bike County Ambulance, private ambulance company running out of Sutter County, Yuba City. So they've, the last few years, those guys have really helped us and given us $2,500 a year towards our training of our volunteers and training of emergency responders on how to work with us. So you can help if you want. No pressure. Um, you may not even live here, so you need to support things in your own area. But, you know, you can give as little as... Ten five or ten dollars on GoFundMe. We have a Yuba Sutter. Uh, let me just get to the GoFundMe page here. So we got the GoFundMe approach. Then we got you can write a check to tip. You can write it to tip, P.O. Box six four five, Marysville, California nine five nine zero one. You can go on our website, yubasuttertip.org. You can look at what we're doing there. You can click on donate. They'll give you a lot of options where you could donate to us for different. You can like you can take care of our website costs for years, or our communication costs for years, or uh, or some of our equipment we need to buy, safety vests, things like that. Monthly meeting cover the cost for our monthly meetings or annual training. 
So that sometimes people like to give towards something as opposed to just give some money towards uh, just the general club or the general business or nonprofit. So you can do that. Uh, so the GoFundMe account is GoFundMe.com, and then you just add backslash tip2021. So we're funding next year, tip2021. GoFundMe, and then they, they take a little cut. So sometimes people say, Lou, all your money goes to the help train, no none, none for staff. So let me just, like Monty Hecker said, hey, I'm going to give you a check so all the money can be beneficial. So, or you could just go, if you forget everything I say, you can just go to yubasuttertip.org and just hit on donate. You can donate right off there with a credit card or whatever. So, anyhow, if you can help us, that would be great. And uh, we were just raised, I think we've been at it about a, maybe five weeks, and we've raised uh, over $10,000. We'd love to, we dream about hitting 30, but if we hit 20, we'll be good. We'll be good. That's not going to carry us, but it'll be good. So, um, okay, so let's see. I have a couple. Oh, I, I, have you, I, I'm just, I'll just speak for myself. The, the Centers for Disease Control, I used to think, you know, I'm just, I'm just so dis, disappointed with our institutions like the IRS the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Department of Justice, they're just full of liars. I'm not saying everybody's a liar. It's just like if you say the church is full of liars. I, not everybody's totally dishonest. But when you hire people and you trust them with immense authority, these, these government agencies have immense authority. In the Constitution, we give them fantastic authority. But... We that we're supposed to hold them accountable, and in this situation with Trump, I don't know. Maybe it's been this situation for a long time. We just ignorant, but this situation with Trump, we have learned these people are. Hey, they give any criminal in prison a run for their money. Strzok, McCabe, Ro, uh, Rosenstein, uh, Ray. Uh, is that his name? The current FBI director, Chris Ray, is that his name? You know what strikes me is the incredible arrogance. Remember Lois Lerner testifying? They weren't just, there was no remorse, no humility, no just being thankful that they got to serve. Just this incredible, incredible in your face. I don't have to do that smirking body weird body posture i thought eh. then we find out the centers for disease control you know it's like it's like a hamburger stand that can't make a good hamburger i the question is dude that's the only thing you do you do not fix the tire on my car give me a valve job give me a vasectomy all you do is do a burger and you can't pull that off and so when you give the centers for disease control they keep screwing up. Who are these people? Are, are they real doctors? Like Dr. Lou, I thought, are you a real doctor? Are you for real? Because you're, if your doctor constantly gives you prescriptions that are wrong, and you have to come back and get a different prescription because it's, it's making you swell up, 
or your eyes fall out. At some point, you need to say, I need to find it. My doctor is incompetent or the pharmacy is incompetent if they're doing it. The CDC, it mistakenly posted guidance saying virus spreads by the air or travel and travels beyond six feet. This whole trip from the very beginning has been such BS and changing the story, changing the narrative, changing the rules to try to shut down the questioners. So it says the CDC admitted erroneous, it erroneously published new guidance acknowledged, acknowledging that the, the coronavirus spread through tiny particles that can linger in the air and travel beyond six feet. CDC official have been saying for months that the virus primarily spreads between people in close contact within six weeks. Now they said it's going to go, oh, just going to go all the way across the room. So the original rules prompted masks and social distancing. Remember all this? It's just like, oh, this is how you're going to fight it. Total crock. It's like the analogy to the mask, the best one is like a, like a chain-link fence trying to stop mosquitoes from going through. Total crock of crap. Nevertheless, on Friday, the agency reportedly added that tiny particles, aerosols, can travel beyond six feet and could spread the virus. But by Monday, the CDC abruptly dropped its new guidance and reverted to its position that the people mainly transmit the disease to others nearby rather than in large uh, nearby through large droplets. So the WHO, I guess, watches, the World Health Organization watches the CDC website, and I guess they watch the WHO website to find out what's shaken. And the WHO questioned CDC about why they would change this. So here's the weak, here's the, these, these people are just such crock of crap. So Jay Butler, the deputy director for infectious disease at CDC, said this. Unfortunately, an early draft of a revision went up without any technical review. Now, I'd just like to ask, how does that happen? How does that happen? You have a, a government agency that affects the whole world, the CDC. Not just 340 million. The whole world is looking at that. And you don't do a technical review? It just, we're talking about COVID. It's in the news 24 hours a day. And it won't be too long before it's been here a year. And you don't do a technical review. You don't run it by the big, by the big dogs. So Butler says, we are returning to the earlier version and revisiting the process. This is what pisses me off. He says, it was a failure of process at the CDC. I could say when I pulled out and I had this old look like a drug dealer car, a Mercedes coupe with smoked out windows. And anyway, it was a salvage car that I got for almost nothing, but it was hot. And one day, I don't know how I did it. I still can't figure out how I did it. I looked both ways and I pulled out and a guy tore the front end of that, hit me side, 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 uh, T-barred me t-boned me and and it uh, took the entire motor and everything right off the front of that car and took it down the road 
hit me at about 60, 65 miles an hour. That was a failure in the process, according to CDC. Failure in the process. It didn't have the, when when the, the law enforcement showed up, they saw me there and they thought I was with Tip. They said, man, you beat us to the call. I said, dude, I am the call. I, I said, let me just sign. I'm confessing. I pulled right out in front of this poor guy, destroyed his car, my car, and uh, walked away, never even had a bone, never even stretched a muscle. That's how sturdy those Mercedes are. But I, it was a it was a failure in the process, Sheriff. He said, what happened? Well, I don't have any idea. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just a failure in the process. See, when you just blame the process, nobody ever makes a mistake. Nobody is at fault. Nobody could get fired. Just a failure in the process. Last week, it says an agency did about an about-face on its controversial recommendation that there is no need to test close contacts of COVID-19 patients if they do not show any symptoms. That's, I'm fine with that. I'm with them. Anyway, it's more mumbo-jumbo. The agency has gone from saying masks were virtually useless to recommending that people wear masks in public and went around people who don't live in their household. Now, do you remember this guy, Neil Ferguson? Neil Ferguson is a brilliant scientist at Imperial College in London. Neil Ferguson, who started this whole thing, came up with all this baloney, mass, social distancing, the whole thing, right? And he's the one that predicted there were going to be 2.2 million Americans die. Remember that? I was talking to Mark Boomgarden. He was been posting, trying to help people know what's going on. He was posting on Facebook quite a bit about how many got sick this week, how many died, how many did. Da, 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 da. I said, Mark, I don't buy any of those figures. I, and he shook his head and agreed. I said, two hundred thousand Americans died. I don't, I don't buy it. I, I do not buy it. If I got, if I went out and shot somebody in the head right now. And they took them over to the hospital to pronounce them. And they checked them for COVID. And they had COVID. They would call that a COVID death. That's how unbelievable it is. So, uh, so one of the famous guys for breaking, uh, breaking this all down and giving us how we need to live to save our lives is the poster boy for breaking the rules. So in England, you're not supposed to be having sex. Did you know that? I, I, I brought this up early on. Can we have sex? Are we, are we violating any rules? I mean, that's pretty, you can spit all over somebody. You're close, right? You're up close, right? We're like exchanging bodily fluids. Is that a problem with COVID? So it says one famous case of breaking lockdown laws earlier this year drew the attention of the whole nation. Drew the, it actually drew the whole world's attention. After the architect of UK's restrictions, Imperial College's professor and government science advisor, Neil Ferguson, was, it was revealed he broke his own rules, God forbid, by allowing his married mistress. That means he was having sex with somebody else's wife. You out there in Oliver's and Linda, married mistress means somebody else's wife. I know you guys don't even bother getting married out there. You just switch cousins. We'll do close cousins, the whole thing. We're good. 
It may not be have much impact on you, but but after telling everybody, don't mix it up, stay homebound. All of a sudden, the married mistress couldn't stay away, so she came over to his house to have sex with him. And she came at least twice when lockdown rules were at their most strict. Like we will shoot people on the street if we see them. Professor Ferguson then resigned his government post. Oh, my God, I have violated the holy of holies. I need to turn over the, the science gavel to somebody else because I like to have sex with somebody else's wife. How do you believe people when they're they're cheating on some other man, stealing their wife, and uh, and then you you're trusting their they're telling you the truth about something that's going to cost you your whole business, maybe your marriage, on how you got to behave on this COVID. He resigned his post. Days later, police said that they would not be charging the scientists with breaking his own rules. They were going to, like, they're arresting people. But, of course, if you're in government, you you live by a different set of rules than the average person who would have got a fine. Like Randy Mitchell, he got a fine, and then they eventually dropped it when he was ready to go to court. And he's going to make a big scene out of this thing. But you didn't see him arresting anybody else. You didn't see Anthony Fauci getting arrested when he was at that. He threw the first pitch out. What was it as a national game? And he was sitting in the stands with three people seats right next to each other. And they didn't all have masks on. And when people complained, he just got all pissed off at him and got, got indignant. They just, instead of f- filing an action against Mr. Ferguson for having sex with his, uh, a married man's wife, uh, they call they uh, called the incident very disappointing. At the time, British police were criticized for their otherwise heavy-handed approach towards enforcing lockdown rules on ordinary Britons. The Germans were also. So not only are the who liars, but the CDC is totally incompetent. The numbers, at one time, the CDC, their numbers got confused. And they got the, the numbers, logging the numbers, they got the numbers confused on who was tested positive and was sick and those who was tested positive and just felt great as can be. Crazy. This is, this is where... You won't believe this, but I'm just going to tell it to you anyway. This is where California is heading. Venezuela was one of the fourth most prosperous countries in the world. As late as, as, late as in the 80s. And then they voted. The people voted to go socialistic with Hugo Chavez. They have the second highest oil reserves in the world under just America. America has the most. Today, they have chronic gasoline shortages and their entire infrastructure on fuel has broken down. This is a country that still has the second highest reserves in the world. So people have to wait so long days to get a tank of gas and wait in long lines. They have now returned to uh, riding on donkeys. And I have a picture of it here I'm looking at. 
And they've also returned to using wood to fire their uh, cooking because there's not enough utilities. Venezuela are always turning to fire to provide energy in their homes, given the rolling. They have so many power outages. We've already started to have power outages in the state of California. You think, oh, well, you just exaggerate. Okay, okay, okay. You keep count. A study carried out last December found that the national grid failed. The national Venezuelan power grid failed in one year, 19, 2019, 80,700 times. My, that's how my email, that's how my <laughs> internet works over here in center of Marysville. See, it's on and off, on and off, on and off, right? Did you know that Venezuela didn't have any power outages at one time? Did you know that, that, that they had so much fuel that they gave their people the cheapest rates in the world? Because the state basically run the fuel operation over there. He said the blackouts lead to a complete breakdown of society with everything from public transport to hospitals brought to a complete standstill. You don't think it's going to happen? Some of you have already had blackouts for, for hours, hours and hours and hours. Some people were blacked out for 12 to 18 hours here. Power cuts and riding donkeys. The government used to subsidize gasoline prices nearly entirely before the collapse under Nicolas Maduro, started under Hugo Chavez. The current shortages have forced the regime to en enforce quotas. <clears throat> just the same type of government influence where they just get involved in everything. The government there has taken over everything, so they tell you how much... You can't have you can't have two chickens. You can only have one half of one chicken. Checking you out. You can have only this much of this type of food. The reported use of donkeys for transportation is connected to the lack of energy sources plaguing the country, despite the fact that it has the second largest oil reserves in the world. All right. Well, that's it for today. I think we covered most of what I had listed. And uh, hope you have a great week. We'll, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we can work out. If any of you have glitches and you're reaching the podcast, send me an email at lou at nohostagesradio.com. If you want to give money to a couple sharp ladies, uh here in Northern California, vote Tamika, T-A-M-I-K-A dot com or just Google Kim Classic, probably Kim Classic for Congress. Kim, K-I-M, Classic, K-L-A-C-I-K for Congress. And that should get you going and uh, help these ladies along. Okay, thank you so much and glad you took the time to listen. See you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter...